Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show, coming at you from the tribal headquarters in San Diego, California. Sitting across from me, my co-host, my partner, is Sumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern California, elegant barbarian, putting the tribe back into tribal once again. Come on! What? Yeah! Come on! Yeah! I like women with guitars. I like women with guitars. Yeah, shout out Kiki Wong. Yeah! Kiki Wong. And on sound, old blue eyes and Sean Lewis, certified audio professional engineer. Oh, he's out. You know what, man? This reminds me. Luxo. Luxo. Hey, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of. Of 48 Hours. No, what was that robot movie? Johnny Five? I don't even remember. Remember that? Johnny Five is alive? It was like. Yeah, it was. God, I can't. Short circuit. Short, Short circuit. circuit. Do you remember that shit? Listen. But it also kind of sounds like one of those like Beverly Hills cops, songs, right? You know, right? Like well, this is the extended yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Right. The bullshit. Right. Right. Bullshit. Back when Eddie Murphy was funny. I'm right. sorry. I'm just gonna put it out there. The yeah. dude ain't funny anymore. No. Ever since he picked up that transvestite, he stopped being funny. Right. <laughs> All right. Oh, we have a special yeah, guest on. Yeah, we're we're also guests of Tribal, right? Bobby yeah, Tribal, we're using, Tribal. We're using uh, their headquarters. We're uh, down in San Diego. Anybody who wants to get educated about Southern California lifestyle also needs to hit up Lower Left Podcasts. Yes, right? absolutely. Right? We are sitting in their uh, studios right now. They've been kind enough to let us work out of their studio down here. Right. We're in their bed. We got the covers pulled up to our chin. Lower Left That's Tribal. That's right. That's right. Some great artists live down here. Dude. And there's a lot of creative. We came down here specifically, and and good looking out, Bobby Tribal, right. for helping us uh, set up our schedule um, because we had a number of creative people that are only down in San Diego that we drove down to do a show for a couple of days and capture yeah. these. Right. Right? Right. So came down I mean. Here. Dude, old Blue Eyes came down like Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. He, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His whole family, a Bicycles dog. and shit. Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> the roof of the car. Uh, the kid, yeah. Raft. A rocking My dresser chair. was tied yeah, to yeah. the whole top of the car. A couple yeah. paddles. <laughs> yeah. A couple yoga mats. He brought a fucking yeah. rooster with him. Right. He brought yeah. like a fucking, uh, fucking uh, uh, yoga mats and a fucking one of those Safu cushions. Glove compartment full of dildos. Right. Yeah. yeah. Pa- Papa son chair. A rain yeah. stick. He brought a rain stick. He brought all yeah, that crazy man. shit. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Thank you. But you were so, talking about artists. I've got a lot of artists down here. And uh, listen, we have a very, very special guest on today. Somebody that. Uh, 
We've all kind of admired their work. <laughs> I certainly have been a fan of this gentleman for quite a while. And uh, he's down here in San Diego, and he's uh, first up. I'd like to uh, introduce and welcome Mike Giant to the Mike show. Giant. Mike Giant! Mike Giant! Mike Giant! Yeah. 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 Look at that. He's a uh, handsome gentleman uh, on the Ferris side. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Call Mike Giant. Nice. Silver. Silver Mike. Silver yeah. Fox. Silver Giant. I got Silver Fox is one of my aliases. Is yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to our show, man. Thank you so much. Psyched to be here. I love your podcast. Ah, uh, thank, thank you. you, man. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, Mr. So Mike Giant was telling us that he was listening to some of the Risky interviews. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, are you a fan of Risky? He almost about like passed He out. almost, yeah, I thought he was going to slap you. Right, I thought yeah. he was going to hit me with one of them right, giant right. hands. Yeah, yeah, By the way, last name Giant because he's a tall motherfucker. Yeah, How tall big are you? 6'4". Damn. Not, six, not huge, not crazy. I but when he walks like up, he looks six, like eight. he's kind of like 6'6". Six, six, yeah. Right? No, right, I, he's I suck also... a lot. I'm, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. And I, and I kind of approach people in a humble manner. Mm-hmm. Not with my chest out. I'm right. very like, right, right, right. hey, hi. Well, that's you know, true. Like, is is it cool? What's up? Hi. Hey, you know, right, <laughs> right, right, not right, like, right. sup. You no. know, I'm right. not that dude. No, right. he like right. rolled up, kind of like a like a laid back polar bear. Yeah, right. Yeah. He had a spliff yeah. in his mouth. Yeah, had some cool ass fucking tattoos. That's you know, I mean, so much of that is body language, right? Like yeah. how you approach someone, you know, and. I'm always trying to put people at ease, so I ease into things. I can mm-hmm. often be kind of intimidating, too, because of my size. Right. Especially if I have my, my shirt off because I'm literally covered in tattoos. Right. Um, it can trip people out, you know, so it's, yeah. Has that happened to you? Like, have you showed up places and, like, people have just run in the opposite direction or went to get pitchforks and uh, torches? Um, no, it's just you can tell they're kind of making assumptions about what kind of person I am as I'm approaching. Based on your look. Yeah. So you're tall, you know, uh, you got lots of tattoos. Yeah. You And uh, some of them are in the in, like, in your scalp area, which can kind oh, yeah. of be intimidating. Then you got That's like a right. flannel as you wear the flannels. That's mm. the thing. It all depends. Yeah. I mean, there's potential there for intimidation for sure. Right, and, and I, it's not in my nature to try to intimidate anyone ever. So, gentle giant. Oh, for sure, for sure. Has he? Been, have you been a gentle giant like all your life? Well, I mean, if 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 I get hit, I'm gonna hit back. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not like trying to start shit. I, I I've never I, I I've never really started a fight. I mean. What kind of person starts a fight with you? Like, what kind of person goes to Mike Giant and goes, you know what, I'm going to try to fight that motherfucker. Like, that seems well, crazy. Well, there's retarded people out there. Oh, excuse me. You know, I'll, that's the thing, man. Like, <laughs> Let me say that. The, the last time that I was in a fist fight was probably 90... Fuck. 90 fuck? 90, that's a long 95, time ago. 95. Probably mm-hmm. 95. And it was over graffiti stuff. This guy talked shit to me. Mm-hmm. We decided to race for three weeks, which meant try to outdo each other illegally. Right at night, um, I really did damage. I did. I did a good job. I got like twenty full color, nice pieces up in the twenty-one nights that was the race. He got arrested like the third night out, um, and then kind of just talked shit and played it off. And I continued to as if it was active. So as far as like my peers were concerned, it was no question that I took it. 
Um, it was but, a rap. Yeah, but of course, I ran into him at a house party. I was drunk. My friends were like, he's been talking shit. He, did, he played it off. He still doesn't f- respect you. And the, the last resort was fist fight. So right. it wasn't like I started it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we all knew kind of that was the chain of events in making, uh, in trying to resolve the issue. You know, right. as a hip hopper, you don't ever want to go to violence, you know, as a but if you disrespect that hip hop process, then fuck you. I'm going to knock you out. For right. Sure. Fuck you. If, you. if we're going to if we're going to go there, if this isn't then about graffiti, then fuck you. Let's let's box. Fuck right. that. Mm. For sure. You know, but that's the that's the old days. And, you know, I wasn't worried that he was carrying a gun <laughs> or a knife or some shit. You know what I mean? It right. was just like those days. Yeah. We were we would f- we would fist fight. I even fucking stopped the dude on the street like two or three years later and apologized to him. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Man to man. It kind of came out later on that he was bipolar, that he needed to be on medication, and maybe he was at that point. And there was all this stuff. It was like he w- that's why he would act out the way he did. It didn't make any sense. Like, who the fuck? calls me out right i'm like the most peaceful fucking dude that's and that's that's the thing like he just got under my skin and just got to that point where yeah we got into a fight (laughs) but i haven't fought anybody since then you know this i tell you mike mike giant you know and for our listeners that are listening this this gentleman's a a a pretty accomplished tattoo artist saying um I'm aware of a lot of tattoo work. I'm also uh, clearly aware that you were pretty much the um, you were the face of the brand and the creator, primarily of, of Rebel Eight. And yeah, yeah, yeah. For years, you, I was associated with Rebel Eight. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners associate you with Rebel Eight. You know, that might oh, sure. be their first point of reference. And uh, I think it depends on the era, because I left in um, I think '15. Four, mm-hmm. maybe 14 mm-hmm. and they haven't really used my graphics ever since so now it's 2021 i mean that was that'd be a good seven years worth of attracting new followers a new vibe new mm. graphic style mm. um mm. i think th- they parlayed right into that really smoothly to mm. be honest but again it depends on the generation you know it, sure. our age Oh yeah, we're gonna remember when it started and the impact that it had mm-hmm. in the marketplace because it was so different right. and how it just got commodified by the copycat brands and sure. at pretty much every brand, including the skate brands, had at least one or two graphics in every line mm-hmm. that was related to what we were doing at Rebel Eight. You know, there was a good few years there. You know, and it was a lot of stuff that business kind of that we missed out on because other people took those opportunities. Sure. You know, even sure. like the sock market, like we were killing it with the crazy socks. Actually, because of Bobby Tribal, Bobby Tribal, because he hooked me up with his producer, and he always had the sick socks. Right. And then so we we made some sick ones, and then who popped it off was Huff. He, I remember talking to him about it. He was like, yeah, dude, the weed socks oh, are peace, fucking yeah. going crazy, dude. I don't know how yeah. to keep up with the man. They I were might the guys need... with that marijuana it sock. It exploded. Bro. But that's yeah. the thing. They weren't the first people to do that no. Like with socks. Who... It was just he fucking they popped right off. Timing. And we're like looking at him like, oh, man, we could have killed that market. Huff. <laughs> who, who, Huff. Who's Huff for people who don't know? Huff is a big, oh, it was yeah. a, skateboard, a big skateboard brand. Still is. Still goes. Yeah. Out of Frisco. 
Yeah. Uh, Keith Huffington or Keith uh, Huffnagel. Hey, Huffnagel. He just yeah. passed away. Skateboarder from New York City. Just Relocated to the West Coast. He was he was fighting a brain tumor. God yeah. damn. And, uh, he passed away uh, about maybe six months ago. I don't know, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it wasn't that long it wasn't ago. Wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they really. Uh, they were really what made you remember seeing the black socks, the red socks, the red socks, and they had the marijuana leaves and different colors on them. Yeah, they really put that sock on the map. That company blew up behind their socks. Yeah. On a weed sock. It was just sock. a kind of a gimmick, even of just right. like, oh, we can do all these neat things with socks. And mm. I'm sure somebody in his art department was like, well, or him, just like, let's do weed leaves on these, like, no, not tripping. Right. But for some reason, weed was starting to pop in in pop culture. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of places were getting legalized. The there was a lot of, uh, well, and there was a lot of like. Uh, those uh, TV shows I remember that were infusing weed into cooking shows and like weed was popular. There was like yeah. sitcoms about weed and whatnot, you know? Yeah. It was, yeah. And it just popped. And it, I remember he just was like, Fuck. he was on it right when it Cause did. he was trying to make like stuff for skateboarders. Those socks sold to everybody. <laughs> right. By the time, you know, I mean, it was like, oh my god, I can't imagine what percentage of his overall business just those fucking socks were. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, but he had a great following. You know, he had a great following. He came down yeah. to Fairfax. How much? He, I mean, come on, let's not fuck around. How much could you make selling socks, dude? This guy literally was millions. Okay, first off. If you're going worldwide, my bro. Guy, my guy. Well, let <laughs> That's me tell what I'm saying, dude. dude. They were everywhere. I can't think of the big sock name right now. It's Crazy Socks or something like that. There's a Go sock ahead. company. My buddy Phil Kennedy is the sales director of this fucking company. And they're fucking, they're doing almost a billion dollars in business. Get the fuck out of here on socks? Yeah, and they sure. license. Square, SpongeBob SquarePants? Yeah. Socks. Yeah. Spider-Man? <laughs> socks. Sure. Do anything, you name it. Seinfeld? Socks. <laughs> no, it's one of those things. And they're things. sold Fat in every- burger? Socks. Hey, every Macy's, every fucking, dude, well, billion dollar also, business. Also, like- a huge part of the men's sock business, obviously, is just white socks or black socks. Sure. Like, right. the majority. Stance is in that. I have always liked to rock some crazy socks. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were harder and harder to find, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, so it was just one of those things, I think, when that popped off, it was just like, there was, there was options, you know, and people jumped at them. And then the kids just made it popular. Like I say, it was just that time when everybody just wanted to have that little flair of like, I'm down with weed. Right. Especially right. as a teenager. That was so, provocative. Let me ask you something. That's amazing. Uh, Mike Giant. I mean, like when I look at, and I think that a lot of people would feel the same way. If they looked at your artwork and saw your artwork as it, I don't want to say as it pertains to Rebel 8, just your artwork. Sure. I don't know that most people would expect to have a you as the artist you sure. walk in the door oh sure i get that all the time okay. and regardless of what field we're talking about too right exactly <laughs> yeah 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 and and so i want to know how a caucasian white guy yeah really came like where you came from and how how you got exposed and got passionate and this became like your thing, man. You know, how'd you get there? Where'd you, where were you born and raised and what was the cultures like growing up? Yeah, where were you born? I was born in upstate New York. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, 71 um, near Rochester was the closest big city. In 79, 
I think it was 79, we drove as a family cross country to, we're headed to Phoenix and we stopped in Albuquerque and they loved it. And mm-hmm. we, we stayed there for a few days mm-hmm. and they decided we're going to move to Albuquerque. Mm. So kind of one at a time, we kind of all moved to Albuquerque by the next summer. And, uh, it was a crazy fucking culture shock. <laughs> Right, right, Rochester, right, New right. York to Albuquerque. That's like northeast <gasps> to the southwest. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, couldn't have been a different environment. You know, just even the weather. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I. it was so dry and hot in New Mexico, I couldn't fucking believe it. It felt like hell. No. I remember complaining about it a lot, and I was just <laughs> getting so sunburned and just was like exhausted by the heat you know and my parents were like yeah but we don't have the winners here like what well, we had in new york and i was like and how old are you like oh nine years old at this time yeah nine or ten okay so right away i started getting jumped by the local kids um and they w- look like the quintessential cholo kids of 1980 mm-hmm. you know the white like a wife beater or ironed t-shirt the khakis right. the black Crease. um usually the black converse right i got stomped by a lot of black converse let me ask you a question like what's the what's like a, a story that stands out where they caught you napping and they kicked the shit out of you like what were you doing <laughs> all right well they got you napping. no i mean it was probably <laughs> one of the slipping. first fights i got into when i moved there because we were in a bigger complex of apartments is probably there's probably a dozen different buildings six on one side and six on the other and there's a huge like fence that goes around the whole thing and i got caught running the wrong direction and they fucking cornered me all the way in the back where nobody was at you know back by the the garbage uh dumpsters and stuff you know yeah and I was able to fight them off kind of one at a time, but eventually they just got me. There was like six of them. Damn. And I just got stomped, you know? And, um, yeah. And, and what's I'm, it like? So you after you get stomped, ugh. they talk their shit, right? And then yeah. they leave. And then how long before you get up and limp your ass home? Like how? I probably sat there for a minute or two. As Damn. Long, you know, and just like. Am I okay? Like, did anything break? Like, right. where am I bleeding uh, out of? And was just like, what the fuck was that? Why? I don't even know these people. <laughs> I just got here. Mm. Right. We didn't exchange names. I'd never <laughs> been in a fight. Well, they exchanged some names with you. Well, that's the thing. I'd never <laughs> even been in a fist fight. I didn't uh. know how to defend myself. So I got, I got home and my dad was just like, oh, fuck. Right. Actually, to be honest, my dad wasn't there. It was just me and my mom what is- for a few months before my dad arrived in a truck with my sister. Damn. So it was a mess. I'll bet my mom was telling my dad what was happening and didn't know what to do. Right. So I just had to kind of flounder and just deal with it. I, You know, again, I just started to try to learn, like, where not to get cornered. Mm-hmm. Um. That kind of stuff, but once my dad got there and I told him what was up and how many times I'd already gotten jumped, he was like, man, all right, here's how you make a fist. No shit. You've got to push. You've got to hit and you've got to push. you got to follow through. You, you know, that's how you, the power's at, you know, and you're tall, so, you know, 
try to defend yourself. If you could put your left hand out and keep them back and then nail them because yeah. you've got that reach, that's what you've got on them, you know, and kick them. Kick, you know, you've got big, strong legs. Kick the shit out of them. What was it like for you as a little kid to have your dad start laying out to you some fight basics? How did you feel? Well, it was helpful. <laughs> you know, straight up, I didn't know how to make a fist. That's the thing. Like, I hadn't had, I had no idea what the fuck was happening. Man. You know, I was like, yeah, I it was. Now like, you gotta fight. I was like a banshee. <laughs> I would immediately burst into tears. And just be like, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. As they came near me, I would just lash out. And also, I was wearing glasses. So Uh, I'd lose the glasses or they'd hit it off of me and then I'd be blind. Right. So, like, yeah, in, in like middle school, fights would stop because kids would pull me off of whoever I was fighting because I couldn't see what I was doing. I would hit until they quit moving. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I knew, you know, they were done, you know? And I'd always say that. Are you done? Are you done? And kids would pull me off like, yeah, he enough. was, yeah, he was done like a minute ago, bro. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm like, I can't see. Where's my glasses? And the kids yeah. like, oh, shit, he can't see. It's all blurry. He was yeah. fighting by echolocation. It's all yeah. blurry. Now. Right. But that's the thing. I started to just learn how to how to navigate my world. Like, every day back and forth to school was terrifying, terrifying just because... That's when the attacks would happen. They would wait around a corner and right. just be like, bah! you know, and attack. You right. know, and I was like, fuck, <laughs> you know. But again, like now I as an adult, I understand why I was a target. You know, I get it. Yeah. But when you're a kid, you don't. But when you're but a kid, you don't. No, I didn't. I didn't. Right. No, no. I just was like. You know, to me, it was just like, I'm tall and I'm white, you know, and that's, I don't know what the fuck is, why that would matter. Right. Sean. You know. Oh, blue eyes. Uh, Oh, blue eyes. Did your your dad ever teach you how to fight? No. Definitely not. Did you you have to, did you get into a lot of fights? No, I didn't. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I couldn't avoid it. Yeah, I mean, you stand out. I would have avoided it. I would have avoided that whole lesson unless my dad had been like, fuck, I gotta teach you how to hit. Damn in Albuquerque, it. you stand out like a sore thumb. Oh, crazy. Right. I had like white blonde hair and right. fucking freckles. Like reflecting light. I, my <laughs> teeth were all snaggly. You look like somebody oh like with a mirror doing like fucking signals. No, yeah. Right. No, that, and that's the thing. But, 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 you but know. Steve, what, can you relate to this? <laughs> what Mike Giant's talking about? He's like. He's, yeah, because I was a fucking sissy when I was a little kid. Were you? Fuck yeah! You know I talked pe- about it about ten times. On I know, the show. and then but listen, <laughs> I know, I know, but I gotta also pretend like I don't know, so oh. you can get you to explain it again oh. to the lizard because there's new ones listening all the time. So <laughs> let's go back. Were you? Yeah. Most people would see all your tattoos and no, hear the story. I didn't have all these tattoos. Back then. <laughs> no, I look like that. You weren't but born I, with I tattoos. I know about I know about uh, getting bullied. I know about getting yeah. caught. Yeah, did, I know about all that shit. Did your you dad know? teach you how to fight? Yeah, he told, he gave me some things, and he was kind of like, he's one of those guys like, and if that don't work, pick up the thing, biggest thing you can find, hit him over the head. Yeah. I did no. that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, as a skateboarder in Albuquerque, it was common for uh, us to be run up on by groups of sketchy gangster fools, usually on speed, yeah. Albuquerque, mm-hmm. you know, and they would just want our skateboards. 
either for themselves or for their little brothers or cousins or something. They would just be like, oh, let's just steal these skateboards from these kids. That's my new... And uh, we, we we would get sick of it. Yeah. And I laid a kid out with my skateboard, hit him in the head, and knocked him out. I don't know if I killed that kid. I don't think I did, but right. we bounced. Right. But that shit happened. Like, Albuquerque was fucking sketchy like that. Like, mm. just over a dumb thing like skateboards, like somebody can lose their life. Right. You know? Well, I mean, and that's potentially. The name, that's the <laughs> name know? of my new uh, weed sock company. is called Gangster Sketchy Fools. That's my fucking. <laughs> That'll company. do well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just that was just one of those things. It was a reality, right? You know what I mean. And, but then at some point, you know, you got. I don't. I don't, I don't know if the ex- well is accepted the right word. I mean, at some point, you must have earned some stripes. Like graffiti. This guy, yeah. So how did graffiti. you go from? Covering up, learning how to make a fist to, fuck, I can take my hand and make paint on a well, wall. Well, it was more like um, once I started writing graffiti and started meeting other writers, a lot of the local writers were dudes that would have fucking hassled me when I was 12 mm-hmm. or 13. Mm-hmm. Right. But now we're on the level playing field. We're all doing felonies regularly. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like show and prove, hip hop. I was out there doing it. Right. By myself most often. Mm. painting my name big as fuck like no bullshit right you know doing it and like i say it leveled the playing field so all of a sudden access was kind of granted right like teen angels magazine was real hot when i was a kid in the 80s Mm -hmm. it was it you know all the, the like latino and mexican kids had them you know right and i'd be like yo can i check that out and be like orale güero that's not for you you know, and I'd be like, what's up? Like, why? It's just a magazine. Can I see? Right. You know, it looks like cool drawings because I've always been drawing. And I was like, what's up with these cool drawings and that cool lettering? They wouldn't give me access to that shit. It wasn't until I was writing and hanging out with those guys that grew up around that stuff. And they were like, damn, you're really interested in this shit, huh? Legitimately, you really want to learn. Well, OK, here you go. Here's Lowrider magazine number one. Here's, you know, like, look, look at the fonts, look at the style, look at, you know, I can explain all of this to you. What is the observation for you when you start to look at this and you start to look at the style of culture? Because I've thought a lot about it. Like, I've thought a lot about the fonts. You know, some of these fonts are like black letter that comes from Germany and some other things. Well, newspaper. I've heard cartoons say that all the time. It's like he, he, old English just meant it was badass. It was like official. Right. You know what I mean? So if you abstracted old English, I mean, that shit looks official. It looks flossy. Right. You know? And even like the whole like script, uh, like, Wedding ch- invitation. like Cholo script, right? Yeah. Like, like to a, a West Coast gangster, that looks tough. You know, right. To a New York graffiti writer, that look, might look really feminine. Like fancy. Yeah. Like, what? You do that? Right. Why not just like do a, a fat cap? Like, Bam, you know, what's up with the with the fancy lettering, you know? But it's again right. it's different cultures and different ways of seeing things stylistically and well, what well, Cartoon always uses you know? the term uh wedding invitation. Right. So yeah. always said whenever we would talk again, about it's stuff, official. Yeah. It's official. Yeah. 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 Right. And well so so that's true to the extent that I looked into this because one of the things that's always tripped me out was that at least on the West Coast, right, a lot of gangster writing or whatever you want to call it, like you said, it's just this official thing. And what's crazy about it is so much of it is devoted to like um, 
like a Chicano idea or a Chicano uh, ethnic um, identity, right? Oh, sure. Oh, but, sure. But, but then I would sit back and trip out because I'm like, well, this is old European stuff. Like, yes, it's newspaper, but when you go and take a look at what they call it, there's no such thing as old English. It's not old English. It's called yeah. old English here. Yeah. But it's actually this black letter, right? Right. And this goes all the way back to Gutenberg when he first made the printing press. Exactly. And he was trying to copy right. what actual calligraphers were writing. I Yeah, I learned so, how to do calligraphy with those special metal tip pens when right. I was a kid. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's crazy about that? That metal tip pen that you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. That goes back to a quill. Which was oh, cut, sure. right? With I've that. written with quills, too. It's fun. And then even before that, it was written with a reed. Sure. Or even just a burnt piece of wood. The charcoal on the wood would mark marks. Or like the natives would use rocks, different rocks on, like a white rock on a black rock. To sure. make them, and those are still there. Those so, are all over the world. So when you're looking at all these fonts and you're looking at this culture and you're getting more exposed to it, yeah. What are your observation about the ideas of the fonts? Like, do you have? Well, some they sense? come with a power to me immediately, simply because when I saw, like, when we were first living in Albuquerque, my mother specifically told me, "If you see that gangster graffiti writing, you're in the wrong place." Mm. So it automatically had this, like, whoa. So just a way something's written is like a warning, because I couldn't read it. Of course, at first. Right. You know, but slowly but surely, I started to understand it. And then I started to see how they were using the lines of the bricks to keep things really even. It wasn't just some scribbly graffiti. Like, they were taking time to, you know, it's like the placa tradition or the placasos. You know, like, it's a whole thing. You know, like the name of the gang and then every member and perfectly oriented. Just like you'd be taught in, like, a drafting class in high school in the 50s or something, how to lay out... Uh, a document, you know, and then with that fucking Consafos on the bottom, you know, which is such a indicative symbol and something I've talked about a bunch that, you know, I just, that that's a heavy thing, you know. It is what, a heavy what, thing. What, what, what is, is super that? heavy. Consafos? Uh, yeah, what is that? The C slash S. Yeah. So, for, again, my context was when the gangs would write the name of the gang on the top, all the members, and on the bottom it was the CS. And what that basically meant was you fuck with any single one of these, you're fucking with all of them. So it's like we're... And also, it's like a fuck you. Like, we're writing our names in the hood, we're putting all our names up, constafos, with like safety is kind of a translation, is that, mm -hmm. you know, sure. like... Yeah. So yeah. it's like this like... You know, we're going to do this and fuck you. We're doing it right in front of you. And this is our hood. Bring it. Hmm. But no, you fuck with one, you fuck with all of us. We're a family, you know? And it's like written. Again, the whole document thing, you know, it's written. They take time to make the document look official, you know? Ches Bajorquez. I mean, he's he was a huge mm -hmm. part of that tradition sure. in Los Angeles. His yeah. his like Placasso forms were very particular. Those avenues layouts, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. like any typographer would trip out on yeah. the way that he used uh, fonts and letters in different directions. Sometimes words would go from top to bottom, some from left to right. 
It really depends. Yeah, he created his own. Oh his man, own he's letters, the master, you know? master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a badass. Yeah, but it's, that, but that's the thing. That stuff always had presence to me, and I was always curious about it. And I knew I couldn't just use it, or it would get me in trouble. But eventually, people encouraged me to use it because they saw that I was bringing a little something different to it. It's interesting how he's kind of like it isn't. It isn't. It isn't like it's confusing to me. It makes sense to me. But like how you were kind of um, intrigued with what you weren't being let into, or intrigued by the thing that you initially couldn't be a part of right like you're already like whoa this must be really special because they're not letting me even like learn about it like i'm a kid that like i would go to the library as a kid if i wanted to learn about something i would just be like oh i know how to do this i just march my ass to the library and look it up right and i can learn anything you know and then you get a certain that's the thing with kids they get really uh you know there there's enough there's enough people into our thing. We don't need more people into our thing. I mean, that's you know? everybody. And then there's the cultural stuff, too. Like I was saying, Lord, like just because I was a white kid, they were like, nah, bro. <laughs> nah, you're not going to learn about any of this. You, yeah. We don't want you to know about any of this. Yeah, you know? but, but check this out. So Giant lays out two people who told him no. First is the authority of the parent. His mom says, if you find yourself anywhere near that, you're in trouble. Like, that's not, don't go there. Then the people who are representing that are telling me, it's not for you. Yeah. Right? So, Being told no a lot. But that's the thing. I, I that's did, what gives, I did that's respect what gives it. it the, yeah, right. But that's what gives it the power. Yeah, it does. If it came with a yes. Who wants it? Then you just go buy yeah, it the at fu- the store and whatever. What the fuck that's, is that, Steve? That's like subcultural stuff. You're a marketer. Stuff. You're a fucking brand guy. Why is it that everybody wants a no? Everybody wants what they can't have. What the fuck is what kind that? kind of shit is that? It's kind of weird now that yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah, everybody wants what they can't have. I was just telling you about And my... I didn't even want it, per se. Right! I just, just wanted was, to be in. I wanted, wanted to, to understand. And on a big level, I wanted to understand my oppressors. You know? And that's the whole thing with like the tattoos. But you can't get in unless you well, prove yourself. Big, you can't get in unless big, you get it's a, in. It's a big thing with the tattoos, right? So the kids that were beating me up, yeah. their fathers and uncles, a lot of them had done time, in particular in the Santa Fe State Penitentiary, and they came out with tattoos. And at the flea market, when I was a kid, those same kids that would f- fight me, you know, would mad dog the fuck out of me at the flea market and i just have to be like fuck i hope i don't have to fight right here with my folks here mm. you know and they would never do anything but then i'd see their dad or somebody grab him by the shirt and be like hey fucker quit fucking around mm. and they would straighten up and i'd be like oh that fucking kid respects that dude all right so how i need to be more like that dude right you know so when it came time even for me to get my sleeves tattooed, I did black and gray, cholo, traditional, fine line type stuff because I ended up building a huge respect for that look and the power of that look and the respect that it got from the people that didn't respect me as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I absolutely Like, that's another do. shocker. Like, when I roll up on, like, cholo homies that I haven't met before, and they're looking at my tattoos, and they're like, damn, you have good ones, dude. Where the fuck? Where'd you get them? And why have you got cholas on you and shit? You know, and I'm like, I grew up in New Mexico. And they're like, oh, fuck. And it's this, it's this uh, connection thing, 
you know? Right. And I love, again, to get that respect from those people that really made me fucking earn that shit. <laughs> you right. know? And because that whole you, world. And because you had to earn it, it also has a, a different level of meaning to you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's why, it, like... It it was a it was a lot for me to start introducing that those style fonts into say the t-shirt game, you know, because I was like, well, no, these are legit things that we use in tattooing. Mm-hmm. These are becoming popular. Let's let's get this stuff out there. Problem was, is just every fucking buddy copied it. Mm. You know what I mean? And then it's like, ah, bummer. Well, because nobody that? nobody had that legacy or that heritage that I came from. What was the initial know? days like when you were talking about like, hey, this is something that I think will work. It looks great. It has a meaning. It's got- again, it resonated with our with our 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 people, right? Our tribe. I mean, we were already doing that stuff. I mean, there was already kind of this, uh, especially in the tattooing, a connection between the graffiti side and the gangster side you know and the traditional side and the tribal side and the right you know what i mean it's yeah i mean there's so many people that are just covered with fucking sick ass like what i would think of as cholo lettering right you know huge parts of their body just these huge lettering pieces and it's just like i would have never thought it would have gotten to that level you know but i fucking love it you know like when i see a girl with like some sick fucking gangster letters across their chest or on their throat or something oh man that still stokes me out right yeah i'm always like ooh, they're probably a little sketchy well you like sketchy. <laughs> i'm a little i'm a little hesitant you know <laughs> but i don't know there, i mean there is something to that the pe- people that get really 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 heavily tattooed often there's something a little off i'd admit that about myself there's oh, a, there's a darkness there's a die there yeah man you know what I, I what I say? Go ahead. What do you say? I have fifty three years of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. What do you say? When people preach for people that have first off, people that have a lot of tattoos, it's usually not all times, but it's a lot of times it's a it's a way to keep people away. It's a way to I wanna avoid confrontation with them. Exactly. That's I don't want problems. So I'm gonna do this. Well, I lift weights, that's why I do this at because I wanna keep you at an arm's distance. I don't if I, you know, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. So you're really trying to avoid. You know, that's like that's like when uh, when you're in the joint, you see all these dudes all fucking tired. But when the shit cracks off, it's usually not that guy that's putting all the work in. Right. Get what I'm no saying? Doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So and I myself had to like really concede. You know, when people look at me and I'm up covered, bro. And uh, you know, sure you get your neighborhood, and they got a lot of guys. Like myself, that came from my era. I was trying to get the shit as big as I could, yeah. so that the yeah. people the furthest away would see where I'm from. You know, I right. wanted I right. wanted everybody to know what I was repping. You know, if there's gonna right. be a problem, they could see. I'll bust your eye from across the street. Right. But there was also inside. I created this persona, and as I start reaching into my 40s and stuff, a lot of times, you know, the way I look like on the outside. People get to know me and they're like, dude, like who you are and what you look like. Yeah. I like two different guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, in a lot of ways. And or maybe I was that guy back then and I kind of changed. But I definitely a lot of my stuff was to keep people at bay. Right. Or keep them away. You know what I'm saying? Sean, when you put 
ten buck two on your arm? Was it to keep people away? <laughs> well, I didn't do that. I put ten on there, but yeah, 10. no, no, it wasn't. It was just to. <laughs> you were planning on bucking two later at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> but was it to keep people away? No, it wasn't. <laughs> No, <laughs> that was a different thing, right? Yeah, well, was I, and my my obviously my my approach was different too. I didn't do my sleeves until much of my body was covered. My mm-hmm. parents told me in the flea market days, mm-hmm. "Yo, those guys that you see that you like with all the tattoos from prison, they have them shits to let people know they've been to prison, mm-hmm. right? And like that's the only place you can get that shit. Mm-hmm. And right. they're like, don't fuck with me. I you know I've been through the system. I'm sketchy as fuck. Right. So. I didn't get my sleeve start until yeah I was I was heavily tattooed otherwise it was really much more about like this is for me and then then once they started becoming visible I started to understand <clears throat> you know what you're saying where it's this it can be this boundary mm-hmm. the the opposite though happens for a lot of my female friends where mm-hmm. they'll get tattoos hoping people leave them alone but then they get much more male attention of guys course. will just come up and grab their arms right and i'm talking about Fucking. like like cool ass lesbian ladies that don't like male attention period and right. weren't after that yeah. and it, they got more of it because of the tattoos and they're like fuck this sucks now i gotta wear long sleeves the rest of my fucking life because right. i hate that attention it's one of those things it's it can repel and attract. You know what's interesting? That he said something that was very maybe from a different, maybe from a different perspective, mm. but also I got down the same way in the sense that very early on I saw and I've talked about getting turned down on heroin and the whole shit, but I mm-hmm. saw the dudes that were coming home from prison and youth authority and, pr- and prison when I was a teenager. And these dudes were fucking on huff status. Yeah. They had very certain tattoos all over. And the way they were being treated by everybody, the respect, the whole thing. And I paid clear attention. I knew I I was going to prison. I knew I wanted to be one of these dudes. And I paid very clear attention to the tattoos. As I started to get mine, I was like, I took things in notation like, damn, these dudes got a lot of chicks' names on them. It's like mm. women all over. All, they're all connected through their hair, right? Oh, what are you Cl- thinking about when you're in prison, right? bro? Pr- like, and clowns. Uh, and like tripping on your chick, dude. Yeah, and like yeah. fucking, you know, just like, ah. and yeah, if you're a fucking heroin addict and you're going in and out of prison, you probably have a bunch of fucking failed relationships and a bunch of names on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sure. But there was <laughs> yeah. just like different, you know, oh, Why, there yes. were just different little things, bro. Well, and the stories behind them, too. Like, I think a lot of... That's something that I loved learning as a kid. Even, like, the cobweb on the elbow was a marker of how much time you'd done. Mm -hmm. You mark it off like a a clock into 12 lines. Mm -hmm. And then each month, you make a connector. So however many rings out you have is however many years you've done. Right. You know? But you see so many people that just slap a cobweb on their elbow that have no idea of that connotation, which is all good. It looks fresh. I mean, it's just part of the popular consciousness. But again, when you tell somebody those stories, they're like, oh, shit, that, what's that about? You know? And there's so many of those. Like, there even are. like why 
Um, why would you put a big f- Jesus face on your chest? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get stabbed there, homie. That's why they put the big Guadalupe in New Mexico. The on Guadalupe was put it because nobody's going to stab into Guadalupe. You know you what? Know? The, you know what's crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's like old school protection shit. talismans. You know what I mean? Yeah, but 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 what's weird about what you're saying though is that I've always found this kind of odd, and it's not limited solely to like quote unquote Chicano culture. It's all cultures. But there's this level of, I don't know if it's the superstition is the right word, Mm. right? Roman Catholic stuff, yeah. But there's this level of magic thinking to a certain extent that extends- Roman Catholic. Or whatever, Santa Maria or fucking- Sure, I'm just saying. Chateau the Barber, whatever. Yeah. The point of the matter is like, but it's not- that anyone adheres to it 100%. Mm-mm. Like, 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 we'll take the Roman example, the Roman Catholic example. Like, a lot of people who have a weird, like, sort of quasi superstition where they might not stab something or deface or they'll never say the word whatever, mm-hmm. right? Those same individuals don't quite also go the 100% for the religion either. No. And so it's weird to me. It's, I don't understand. Explain well, that. Why you you're saying no to me, Steve, in a way it's that's like, like people obvious. that wear a fucking cross, man, that are fucking killing motherfuckers. Right. I don't get I I'm not against killing motherfuckers. And they go to church on Sunday. And I'm know? not against going yeah. to church. But if you go to church and you know that you're gonna you like if you go to church It's well, like it's like Satanist. Listen, the- it's like Satanist. Satanists always trip me out because I'm always like, dude, you're you're pledging allegiance to Satan, which means that you do believe in Jesus and God and Satan, because that's where it comes Not, from. But you're choosing the losing side. But let me just say this much. It depends, though, on which satanic kind of... I mean, you could you you can get, bring in that dude with the black nails and to, to re-explain anything from San thing. Francisco? Some, some, some Satanists identify better with say a word like chaos where there's no order so okay. they're not trying to be anti I'm not Jesus or something it's more just listen 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 chaos listen I don't I'm yeah, not, listen. who cares about no no that no anyway. I do anyway. I, I want to get no 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 I want to get into it because listen only in the United States have we got to the level of identity politics where it's like well you know not all Satanists are the same there's some that are chaos. There's some that's funny to me. Second thing, sure. S- second, only well, in the just United as much States. as there's different kinds of Christians, right? Right. right. Yeah, there's going to be different kinds of the opposite of the, or all writers of those or like whatever. That's the funny part, right? That's hilarious. Yeah. Or even like gender, where you're like, well, it's well, LGBTQ two uh, plus, and there is right. But, but, let, but let me back up a second because but, I just want to answer kind of know, what you were saying. On go that. ahead, go ahead. And that is, <laughs> if you're weird. not, if no, you're I like not, this. If you're not living, if you're not the one that's living the life of all the sickness, all the crime, all the addiction, all the breaking everybody's heart, if you're that guy, go ahead. Then the things that were brought up and shown to you in life that are good, yeah. You're going to kind of even if you're not really about it, yeah. They're your only last pieces of anything good. You've got to try and incorporate these somehow because you know somewhere in your head these were the good things people tried to give you. Maybe your grandmother loved the Guadalupe and always told you about the Guadalupe. So you think in your sinning head or your crazy criminal mind, 
I'm gonna put the Guadalupe on me because that's a you know that's important to me. You know you know get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, or I or I'm gonna protect me because nobody like whatever. That's why you see like yeah. Jesus, but the motherfucker's cutting somebody's throat. Right. We've got Jesus because he was raised as a Christian. Sure. My mother and father well. maybe. You know, I have Jesus in my heart. I know I do bad things, but I believe it. Get what I'm but saying? You know who that reminds me of? Who? Big Lap. Sure. When he goes but down I'm, and he's like, I, I, help, I help some old ladies across the street. When he's dying. When he's dying. But yeah. wait, wait, listen. But no. But so going back. Okay, so that's I. That's that. That's for that. That's what I'm trying to explain. No, I, I, now I'm starting to understand it a little bit better what you're saying. It's like. It's like you you can't get to the whole enchilada. You just got these few semblances that you're going to hold on to. these dope dealers got huge crosses <laughs> and Jesuses and uh, gold and diamonds. And how, not. how much of it, too, is that just in case, right. you know, right. thing but, but, too but, with but, people but, where but, they're like, but, but Mr. I don't, Giant, I'm a murderer, I'm all sketchy, mm-hmm. but listen, Grandma really believes listen. that there's heaven and hell and mm, maybe there fucking is. I Mr. better so fucking I get it together. But, but, but yeah. Mr. Giant, just in Ms. case. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Giant. <laughs> it, uh, excuse me, but the truth <laughs> is, is if you if you're willing to go enough, this is what I'm trying to ask these people. If you're willing enough to believe enough that Grandma might be right yeah. and this might be real, then why are you taking the chicken shit around and not just embracing it? And I'm not for it. I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying it's like that famous story. Some that, people aren't so strong, man. Some people are just like it's just crazy to me. There's that. I don't. That, they never got a good break, or they just fucking you know. Slap boys. They don't want to, man. Listen, slap boys. It's like the homeless people. A lot of people on the homeless on the street. You offer them home. They don't want the home. If they go in the home, they got to follow rules, right? They can't do drugs. It's kind of like that. Like, I don't want to really buy into that. I just need some protection so I can do what I want to do. And I need it to look a certain way on the well, outside also, so yeah. people think I'm also, like. Also, too, yeah. it's more about if the if the person that might potentially stab you, if, if they're superstitious. Oh, I, I, you know I, what I mean? Right, you yeah, like cover to yourself them. with your oppressors. Right, I'm talking, to, but I'm talking symbols, about the, the you know? stabbing guy. I am sure. talking about the stabbing guy oh, who's sure. like, who's like, well, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker because he ratted up. Oh, yeah, I see the Guadalupe. I'll, Better not. Well, I will I have say to stab though, him in the front. I will say though, <laughs> the politics go inside ahead. are real. Like, right. if you're told you gotta go kill somebody or you get killed, like. I mean, the, those are the situations. It's not just you know like that, rational, out you know, outside in the world things. I mean, when sure. people kill each other in the prison, I mean, it's that's usually well planned. You know what you that know? reminds I mean, me of? That reminds me of you have to go through a chain of command to get even permission. Right. Slavoj so Zizek talks always about the famous story about uh, Niels Bohr, who's like one of the guys that developed quantum physics. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's a hardcore scientist. Right. Mm-hmm. And wherever European fucking country he lives in, right? Mm-hmm. They go and visit him. Now, this guy's an atheist scientist, okay. right? They walk into his house and they notice that he's got a horseshoe over his fucking <laughs> door, right? To mm-hmm. ward off bad spirits. Right. And they go, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? Aren't you a scientist? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and he goes, oh, I don't believe in that. But I was told... That it works even if you don't believe it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but I like that. again, I think that I've been gifted things like that from different people. They're like, if you hang this above your door in our culture, it means that you know it'll repel certain kinds of bad demons. And right. I'm like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll do that. You know, you realize I don't really. You know, but right, again, but, it's but, like, but, but your ideology, a, your ideology you know, is not one. Your ideology is of respect. You're saying yeah. I respect the gift. 
Yeah. You're not actually yeah, yeah, yeah. saying, I think, and I'm not, listen, this is. Well, what, that's the thing. I don't know the context of the horseshoe. Right. No, you know it was I mean? a horseshoe in his country. He was just yeah. told, like, it works even if you don't believe in it, yeah, yeah. which is what Slavoj says is like the highest form that the ideology is working. If you can say, oh, sure. I don't actually believe in it, but you're still doing it, yeah. that's the highest form that you're immersed in the belief. Yeah, I heard just heard yeah. somebody in an AA meeting, this girl talking, she goes, you know what, the problem is with the steps? And somebody was like, what? And she goes, they'll work, even if you don't want them to. Right. That's crazy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's what you're talking about, that type of shit, right? Yeah, yeah. or or even, the, well, because what's being brought or up. Or you're doing it without even knowing that you're doing it. What's being brought up these days, and you can kind of see this in certain like realms, but like we all act like we're super rational people now. Like we all have cell phones, and we all sort of are acting out the concept that I'm not really beholden to an ideology for real. Like, I I, mm. I am not really, you see it a lot in religion. Mm. I, I'm not even gonna single any out, let's just okay. say, right? You have certain people in a religion that openly admit that they don't really believe in it, but they just do this stuff because it's part of their culture. They're uh. not really saying like, I, I have a lot of reformed Jewish friends. Right. Okay? Yeah. And they say, like, I don't actually believe any of this, but I do it because it's cultural. And I got to carry on the truth. I think that's a special thing about Jews, though. I, I, think I mean, it, their I, their cultural and religious identity is, is entwined in a way that can be different than other nations. It could be, except, my friend, and I'm going to throw this out there, mm. what, what the theorists are saying, some say, is that, yes, that's true, what you said, Mr. Giant, but also that it works in advertising. It's working on all of us in advertising because when you watch a commercial, you're like, I don't really believe that I'm going to be as good as Jordan if I wear his fucking shoes. Mm -hmm. Like if I pulled somebody aside and said, look, motherfucker, you wear right. Eric Jordan's. I mean, do you got that kind of ambition, <laughs> sucker? Yeah. yeah. And they'll be like, no, man. But they're still buying them because they're associated yeah, with, with that, which means right. that they do on some level, whether they can consciously admit it or not, mm -hmm. they do buy into it. Right. Sean, I saw you look up three times. That means he wants to speak. I don't know. He probably doesn't, but he's thinking no, something. What are you thinking? I'm watching the... Uh... I'm actually talking to somebody right now. Who are you talking to? I'm I'm working right now. What? That's yeah. awesome. What? Yeah. Multitasking. All right. So so Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Uh, Earbuds, uh, 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 listen up. Listen we, up. we don't want to bother uh, Sean right now. No, listen, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Earbuds. So it, it, it took a massive lift for Sean to come down. We just said it was like the Beverly Hillbillies. Mm -hmm. Not to mention a lot of fucking talks from Chumahan to be like, bro, bro. Finally, he comes down and he's like, the only way I can do it is if I can work. <laughs> At my job because he's working remotely. Mm -hmm. yeah. What are you working on right now? What is it? Uh, we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> you really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about uh, cue sheets. <laughs> That's great. Oh, <laughs> That's great. So, Mike. Uh, back yeah, to, where we're back to a, a real artist. Yeah. Mr. No, Giant. No, no, no. no. He's working on. Like, don't, don't mind us. Do. Uh, don't mind us, son. <laughs> Wait, what's a cue? We'll be done quickly soon. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? We'll be out of your hey, way Sean, shortly. Wait, wait, Sean, when's your coffee break? Like, let yeah. us know. Give us the yeah. high side so we could talk to you. Are you on your 15? Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to fight four dudes in the parking lot on your coffee break. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so, all right, so Mr. Giant, you can yeah. introduce the Teen Angel. Yeah, You're starting to was, get a thing for was a, Hispanic chicks. That was a big one. Yeah. No, that was another thing. Like, 
the yeah the hispanic girls had a different style i mean growing up in new york i mean everybody was i'll every, say well that's the thing everybody was say shopping at sears and jc penny when i was a kid in new york so i get to new mexico and yeah it's all different you know and it's so hot so the girls wear a lot less clothing too because yes. it's just so hot yes so as like a 10 year old and just being like whoa this is nuts and just so the tans you know it's just like all of it was really mind-blowing to me the smells like the tres flores mm. uh, pomade like mm -hmm. that's such a smell from childhood you know like yeah all of that, 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 that were you nervous crazy. were you nervous when you got together with your first latin woman were you a little nervous I was so fucking excited, to be honest. Really? Yeah, we went to the same high school, but 10 years apart. <sighs> yeah, she came on my birthday. She came to my house oh, wearing oh. the drill team outfit that she wore in high school. And I always wanted to fuck one of those drill team girls. That was like incredible fantasy fulfilled. Yeah, with gloves and shit. Oh, my God. It was so dope. Yeah. So you yeah. drilled the drill team. I, I got one of them, yeah. Man. God, some drill was, music. Oh, yeah. She, she was a, gloves on and everything. Oh, she was amazing. That's Do you a, have any yeah. kids? Not that I know of. Okay. No. All okay. Right, all right. Man, dude, wait. Did that later, we just got to the drill team story, and then you're like, hey, did you knock anyone? <laughs> yeah. Did anyone get pregnant? A, a lot of practice. <laughs> and this bro, guy's but... got, I would think maybe they had a bunch of like uh, half white, half Mexican kids, you know? Yeah. Running around. You know, dude, I for some reason got the whole thing about condoms i lost my virginity with a condom on okay okay my first girlfriend i used condoms until she got to? what kind of chick was this oh this hot blonde girl she she was like a like what we might say now was cracking like a cracking <laughs> white girl i love skinny it skinny waist yeah 36 double E's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a fat ass. White girl with freckles, blonde bob, blue eyes. How did you meet her? Like at the library? Nah, dude. Like I was <laughs> in my dorm and a friend of mine came in and he was just like, dude, I just oh, saw man. the hottest fucking girl I've ever seen. I, I want to ask her out, but I don't have the balls. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. I'll go talk to her for you. You said that? Yeah. So I just walked out there. And then you banged his chick. Well, eventually. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, I brought her in and introduced them, and they, they were they kicked it. And we went out on like a double date to see Clockwork Orange at the midnight movie. Yeah, yeah. The fuck yeah, out dude. Of here. That's and, cool. And uh, my date left immediately in the beginning of it during like maybe the the rape scene. Uh, <laughs> she was just she like, wasn't I can't believe it. you yeah, brought me yeah, to yeah, see yeah, this yeah, fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. You're she a was pig. You're an asshole. <laughs> That's a crazy fuck rape you. scene. It was a gnarly movie. That's a gnarly, a gnarly movie. movie, right? Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. college kids. I'm like, what Hell the yeah. fuck? Yeah. You want to check out this sketchy fucking movie? You know? Right. She was like, great. Yeah, let's do this. So it, <laughs> it turned out that like, uh, <laughs> it turned out that my my first girlfriend, she she was like into the movie and thought it was cool, <laughs> and eventually let dude know that she wasn't as interested in him, you know? Yeah. And was interested in me. You wow, know, and, man. and yeah, and I was like, wow, awesome. Sherm's the mother. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was already in my yeah. second yeah, year of college when Thank she you, took Sharm. my virginity. Yeah. Yeah. She took it? Yeah, yeah. I lost was my she, virginity was with she, her. She was more was experienced. With her for four years. Well, of course. Oh, so she showed you the ropes. So she's That's like, the thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's with learning things from people, I think a lot of my approach to making love is based on a lot of how we approached 
sex. Right. You know, it was like, it was a, like graffiti. a tenderness to it, kind of, you know. It wasn't like, like the best sex we probably ever had was the last time we ever did because we knew it was the last time. Uh. So we really just kind of fucked each other, you know, <laughs> and it was really fun. You know I what I mean? That. But we la- after that. the fact, we were like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, I love. We dude. didn't. Do- Why did we not do any of that the whole time? <laughs> I always love that. Oh, I it always, was just funny. Yeah, I always love that. event sex. Like when you when you're like, he it's the last time, you, or you guys got in a fight and it's a makeup <sighs> session. No, I mean, you know, I, I love that. Even recently, um, send that back. Yeah, I I yeah. knew uh. A friend was going to be leaving on a certain day, and it was just like, oh, my God, I just want to get as much as I can before you go. Right. And it was insane how much we got loose. You know, I love that. But we both knew it, you know, and it was just like, fuck. And now after the fact, it's just like, God damn, like, what a decompression. (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's an inspiring story for sure. And also, I think it points to something that's very real for humans, which is, Human mind, I know, sometimes you can't let yourself go all out unless you know there's an end. Do you know, sometimes the idea that there's an end means well, sure. that you can pull out um, all the stops. I'm not saying it should be that way, but a lot of people... No, I get you, dude, because if I feel like a relationship is building, I love to let it take time. Right. I, you know, I love for each occasion you get in bed... A little something new is discovered. Right. right? Bobby Tribal is here. He's taking notes as Mike Giant is <laughs> oh, talking he, about he, how to let love he, build. He gives notes. He's, he's, he gives he's, notes. He's taking down some notes. I've Go taken ahead. notes from Bobby many right. times. Of course. Um, but I'm just saying that I, I love right. that. I, right. I love that. Like, there's been times when the sex was still getting better four years later. You right. know? And, and, and that's like such a wonderful surprise but again yeah if you know this is a maybe a fleeting moment you know it's like well let's just throw all the toys into the bed <laughs> right like, right the bear well, trap everything i right. know how to do like right. the muscle massager right everything right y- yeah and all the know, techniques yeah right. let it rip <laughs> let you did something rip no oh okay no i hope no not. but <laughs> no but <laughs> sometimes you know your tongue Mm. Like the Gladys gets yeah. kind of ripped. That right. hurts like fuck. Oh. What I'm talking about? Dude, I do. Are you kidding me? Have you ever got a cramp? Have you ever got a cramp? So bad. Yeah, I got a cramp. Oh god, yeah. But I got it where, dude, where I couldn't yeah. hardly talk. Right. Yeah. Or smile. Or right. Yeah. All yeah. the ways down. Right. Right. Was eating ass and pussy for fucking three, four hours trying yeah. to get this chick off. You know what? The first, the first twenty-five, the first twenty-five minutes. Ripped that glass. You're like a champion, right? Like the first twenty-five minutes, it's like you're like. It's ripped. You can feel it ripped afterwards. Yeah, oh, guy, you're like, where's that little piece of skin that connected? Yeah, that it little hurts. line. Right. Yeah, apps yeah, fucking lulu. Yeah. But you can't go. You can't do that the next day. Hey, yeah, Sean, it's too hard to stick your tongue up. Yeah. Sean, all pain. Are you on your 15 yet? I was going to ask you about your. <laughs> Don't mind, John. We'll be out of your hair in two minutes. I promise. <laughs> He's working. That's hilarious. He's working his He's working his, his day his job, job right, right now, now. Oh, while we're while we're. He's taking care of right. he's, He oh, told good. us he's going to take his 15. Gotta, gotta this guy's got money the, coming from every angle. Oh, my God. Sound. Frank Sinatra. He's related to Frank Sinatra. Mike, you said, uh, yeah. uh, Mike, you said dorm. Where did you go to school at? Oh, University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Hey, uh, Sopa right? Pius. Yeah. yeah. What about it? Yeah. Do you know about, about Hey, do you know about mm. Sopa Pius, brother? Fuck yeah, I do. Real ones, God damn it. That's right. You yeah. can't get real ones outside of Albuquerque. Uh, you can. The, Where? 
people from New Mexico occasionally move other places. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. No, I mean, there's just something about it. Like the the fresh, they're almost square. They're really puffy. Yeah, super hot. Right. Like I've had them in Colorado, and they served them cold and flat, like they made them three days beforehand, right. and just they're give just me a sitting tortilla, around. Motherfucker. Um, yeah. I've seen them served with like whipped cream and chocolate. It's right. like what the fuck? It's honey, dog. Like honey. Like <laughs> right. that's it. Right. It's just. Honey, or or the hot sauce, the same stuff you put on the. Or what I do is like you know the enchilada sauce or any of it, like soap it up, like sop it up with the right. sopapillas at the end to right. get all the chili because everything's usually smothered. So. Right, but those are like terrible for you. The history of them <laughs> is hilarious. Why is it hilarious? What's the history? It was basically, from what I understand. Maybe not sopapillas. Maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking of the fry bread. Right. The but there's fry a re- bread. There's a relationship that that between like, fry uh, bread and sopapillas. Well, it was that like uh, surplus white flour right. that the government gave to the Navajo in, in New Mexico. Yeah. My Navajo friends told me this, and they were like, they didn't know what the fuck to do with it. Kinda. Right. So they were like, well, we could fry it. Right. And I was like, oh, that's delicious. Right. <laughs> but it made them fat. Like, white flour <laughs> is not a good, fried white flour right. is not a good thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah, but they it didn't wasn't, have any carb that theory back that's, then. That's the thing, though. It's yeah. kind of like New Mexico food is great, but man, it's just terrible if Health for lines, you. Right. you want. Mostly, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I'm American Indian. And so, like, what I tribe? The Sklalem. Where are they from? They're from Washington State. Oh, okay. Totem poles. Yeah. All that Northwest Native art. Oh, by the I way, love North- the Northwest Native stuff. Northwest Native art. The animal representations are I'm bear so clan. sick. I'm oh, bear okay. Clan. Yeah. Tight. So Northwest Native art to me is the best Native art. Now, is the when you say bear clan, is that your mom's no. clan or your dad's? Because like the Navajo, the the first clan is the mother's. They'll say that name first. Right. No, yeah. it's, it is from the maternal, but it's from the uh, maternal on my father's side. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Right. But yeah. all of those clan designations, yeah. they're all different for different tribes. Right, right. No, so, that's what I understand. No, no, that's no. That's why but, I ask, because no, like, I know it, there's some similarities to some, and others are totally different. Super complex. And some won't even, it's like, like... It's like Dungeons and Dragons to some extent. You like have all these <laughs> yeah. dice, and you're like rolling shit around trying to figure out, wait a minute, am I frog right. people, or am I fucking bear clown? Like, what the fuck sure. is it? It's a heavy How thing. How about, um, uh, you know, not to just take over, but like... Go ahead. The... Uh, the whole thing so my giant takeover right yeah, now. Yeah, the, whole, the, the whole guy's with, a master of cunnilingus. Uh, tribal he can ancestry. Go ahead. Like white science, white man science. Do it. Let's we'll go. Say, I love this. We'll say come on. the natives of North America came, Hi-yo. did in fact come across the Bering Sea, and that they're actually ancient Chinese, Mongolian, Asian, and, right. and Tibetans, right? Hi-yo. And that there's tons of similarities between those cultures, like sand painting, is a, a real classic one. Okay, wait, wait, the wait before you go, before, and, you, before you go, right, yes. right there. Okay, so sand painting, right? Sure. You go back to Stone Age people and or slightly after that. Okay. There's only so much painting. Well, sure. And so if there's sand there, yeah, that you. you now I'm not saying they're not related, but I'm also saying it's quite. It po- could be. It could be that they were independent. Absolutely. absolutely. Lots of different artistic. But they, also, well, but they should also share a blood type. Hold on. Well, we'll see, wait, but that, wait, that's we'll the whole that. argument because Hold that's why on. I say it's this funny, uh, it's this funny argument where I have young Navajo friends that have gone to meet their blood relatives in Canada, right? But their elders don't want to hear that shit because their creation story is from the desert. 
from the local environment. They don't want to hear that they have relatives in Canada that came that the, a part broke off from the Canadian ones and moved down to right. the no, south, well, okay. to the southwest. Listen, see what I mean? And so it's just so what's the and question? I'm not making I, no, any no, no. Uh, judgments. It's just this wonderful, uh, this wonderful uh, conversation topic of, you know, do you right, stick is- to your creation story? Or do you accept science, which you would think might escape the native community, but they're totally in the midst of it right now, too. And again, it's the white guy saying, oh, we're telling you who you are. No, no, no. It's true. And tribes being like, how the fuck? Why? You know, because then it gets into colleges where people are getting scholarships saying that they're native and now they're asking for blood. And the tribes are like, oh, it's not about blood. Well, you fuckers are fucking us again. No, okay. So it's, you covered it's so a, complicated, right? You covered a lot of great concepts. Right. Okay. Oh, it fascinates me. It's okay. Such a so ma- this is what this modern is modern dilemma. This is from my perspective. Uh, That's why I ask. No, no, no. And, yeah. and this is what I will say. There's a couple of things to it. So number one is it's not white man science. That's number one. Cool. I agree. Right? I agree. And I'm that's always, how it's often pitched. No, it is pitched. I'm right. not saying you're saying anything crazy. I'm saying sure. that is how we all understand it. Without even the most well, liberal, Western, progressive ancient people. Ancient Aboriginal people often, like even the, in the Amazon, they're like, ah, these white guys nah, come down exactly. with their lab coats and exactly. they steal our plants and then they make billions off of exploiting the substances. So what I'm going to say is that it's not. It's not proper in my mind when I think about it. I go, you know, that science belongs to nobody first. If you're going to be real. Right. Like you're going to be real. Science belongs to nobody. Right. It, so it's not quote unquote white man's necessarily. Sure. Right? But you're right. It should be. <laughs> no, I'm saying it should be object like just. Uh, it is. You know, it actually is. Is it's, what it is, and not the... based on cultural or. And it's not stuff. You so know, here's okay. Influence. So you go. So you go from yeah. there, right? Yeah. That's one. Right. So that's one thing I think about. Cool. The next piece I think about is like okay. There is something too, and I'm not even going to put it to white people because I really don't. There's a lot that I understand about white people that are regular people that not, aren't necessarily benefiting from the power structures. Sure. So what I like to try to do now, right, yeah. is separate and just say elites or like governing body. Okay. All yeah. right? Okay. All right. So there's a lot that has to do with the elites and governing body that wants to try to really highlight the fact that, quote unquote, American Indians, which is what I go by. Native mm-hmm. Americans is actually a government formation. No, sure. I, I appreciate that, too. Like, if you actually ask, you know, natives, like, right. the, they don't mind being called Indians at all. I love it because it's yeah. a testament to yeah. the governing bodies at the time, uh, ignorance. They didn't know where sure. they were. Sure. Fuck it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But, all right, great. Side note. Right. Yeah. So then I, then I look at it and I go, you know what? <clears throat> There is a ideological or propagandistic aspect of, you know, American Indians are also immigrants. That's really what they're trying to assert. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because it lessens the burden of whoever feels like, well, we're not really from here. So there's a person who says, I'm a patriot. Send all immigrants back. 
Then you get the next argument, usually from American Indians or people who want to be aligned with them, that say, motherfucker, you ain't the first person. There was American Indians here. For the people that get stuck being labeled as an immigrant when they've been so harsh on immigrants, it actually lessens their guilt or burden, whatever you want to call it. Sure. If they can point to the Indians and say, yeah, but Indians aren't really from here either. Sure. Right? Well, it was like maybe no humans here for a long time. The answer to that question. But maybe there were, too. There's a lot of that evidence that's coming up now, too. Right. And so the answer to the question there is. Such a trippy subject. So the answer to the question on that for me is we don't. Number one, we don't know. Of course. Right. We don't know completely. Yeah. Okay. Number two, in 1491, that book. The author identifies, yes, there are mitochondrial through the maternal side traces that you can go back and see like, oh, yeah, there may be Asian, there may not be. Sure. Did they cross this ice bridge? I don't believe there's really any evidence of that. So we don't know. For all we know, and I'm not saying this is the case. Yeah. Some Asians blew over in storms or there was great sailing. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. That we're not aware of. They also say that there may have been a lower uh, water level. So it could have been a land bridge. Yeah. Right. But my point being is is that in that book, it's also ascertained that there are two or three genetic variables that no one can account for. Mm. So there are some Indians that have some Asian, and then there's like one or two or three in South America where they're like, they don't match anybody. And we're yeah. not sure why that is. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so right. then I would say, so when I go back to all of that, now, language-wise, linguistically, there is a relationship between Athabascans and um, some of the Southwest Indians, and you can sure. trace that. Sure. Now, but, on top, wait, before we go there, let me yeah. finish this. Go for it. The creation stories, mm, okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and the subversion of creation stories by the young people and the elders, right? Or at least, uh, you know... A- uh, this is like what, what we're having. This is like what I would say. Like, this is what this I would side, say. There's this side. I would say that. Yeah. I would say, how come in the dominant or the governing entities, yeah. you can have people that believe in a creation story, like the Earth's only five thousand years old. I don't care what your radiocarbon is telling me. Right. Right. You can right. have that. Yeah. And then you can have the scientists say, like, no, those bones are eight billion years old. And then you can have. The died in the wool creationists say, "Yeah, isn't God a genius because He put old bones in the earth five thousand years ago?" Now it gets weird. So, in the same sense, <laughs> yeah. um, what I what I feel when I see all that is is that there doesn't need to be like an agreement 
between quote unquote elders and young people in Indian land either. You can have the ones that are that's like That's kind of how I brought it up too. Is yeah. just yeah, it's there that's why I brought it up. There's not really an answer. It's this wonderful discussion point to me of just like I don't see the any old different... ways and these new ways and how we try to kind of mingle the things and how the Only... culture evolves and is culture more about um who you were raised with and how you were raised versus your race for sure there's so nothing you know to race saying? because there's you nothing know, like, there's nothing to race there yeah. really isn't i'm a fan of ancient rome i okay. study ancient rome because oh, when cool. when i want to think about what were the elites like when they were indians yeah you got to go to ancient rome okay. when ancient rome was the oppressor of europe yeah right well, world really i mean as much as they could so the Roman Empire. Germans, right, for everything that's associated with Germany now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. At they don't they didn't have a written language either. Mm. And they didn't work they didn't call themselves Germans. It was Julius Caesar and the Romans that called them Germans. They don't really know what they exactly were. Sure. And when they were conquered by Rome, right, Rome viewed them as savages. Sure. Right. And not only did Rome view them as savages, but once they were subdued, then they were held up as these noble savages. Mm. And you get ancient Roman historians saying like, oh, our fat, lazy um, Roman citizens should be more like those noble Germans who mm. are willing to fight to the death and they don't lie and they're yeah. in harmony with nature. Yeah. All the same shit that people say about American Indians here. Yeah. So now I'm starting to think like, oh, so it's part of a conquering dialogue. Yeah. First, they're yeah. godless. Yeah. Then we got to do for us. Once right. we've secured the property, now it's, aren't they great? Hmm. Well, that was a huge thing in the 1920s and 30s was this huge interest in native you know, um, Indian goods and all of that kind of stuff. I know that just from New Mexico history. That was just an exploding trade, you know. Even, you know, uh, I had friends, too, that their uh, family ancestors were told not to use the whirling log once the Nazis started using the swastika. Right. Because the Navajo had been using that symbol. That's exactly right. All their artwork for as long as they could remember. And this is, this is the point that I think is really important. And this is something that I think like a guy like Malcolm X has a lot to teach us about. Mm, And that Malcolm's teachings. And that is that if you're cut from your roots or you're told you don't have them anymore because then to be fully human and to fully take action and to be fully empowered in this in this realm, then you make your own shit up. You yeah. make your name. Yeah. It's X now, motherfucker. Sure. And it's going to mean something. And it does. It takes on a meaning. Yeah. And so those lessons is that's people don't realize this, but everything that you associate with cultures like like Scottish fucking bagpipes and all that shit, right? <laughs> yeah. All that stuff that you think of when you're like, oh, that's who this people. Those things weren't adopted until like two or 300 years ago when nations started really forming up. Yeah. To be sure, there were some people, but for every nation you go to, the Irish, the fucking Germany, Austria, all of them, right? There's a group of people there that are like, you know what? We ain't all like that. Hmm. 
Right. That's fucking bullshit. Right, right, right. right. In Russia, there's people that are like, <laughs> we don't all drink vodka. Man. I mean, right. <laughs> fucking right. fuck. You know, they didn't even have potatoes till Christopher Columbus came and sure. got it from the New World. Sure. What were we drinking then, motherfucker? Huh? Yeah, huh? Right? right. Mongolian. All of them. Yeah. So, uh, so, so <laughs> I also think that like at these levels, America, and this is what's unique about America, is that the United States has conquered and fucked up a lot of different people and invited a lot of different people here that the constructed nature of even anyone's own like presupposed roots becomes the forefront like you i think it's hard for us to escape like and you see it all the time like i i deal with a lot of immigrants in 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 life whatever yeah and so a lot of times i see people who couldn't wait to leave their country and then they got here and then the best thing that's ever happened in this world is the country that they just left. And you're like, yeah, but motherfucker, it's only great now because it's a memory in your mind and you're here now. Before, it wasn't that great. <laughs> it really wasn't. It's funny. It, it, the more I traveled the world, the more I grew to love America. Right. Mm. And I'm not I saying that. I had a perspective. That, yeah. And then and, I was able to appreciate the things that were different. And 100%. I, I love it. And yeah. that's why I'm such a hard ass when it comes to... Um, preserving the freedoms here, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's when I'm saying, like, look. It should be the foundation of our ethos, really. It, it really was supposed to be. I mean, I, I feel like the other countries around the world look at us like that. Like, my French friends still think, oh, you guys still have so much potential. Like, you you know, like, you can do it. You can get together and you can do what you need to and there's opportunity. You know, they, I don't know. They have like Well, a, this is why. They got hope for us, though. Yeah, listen, listen, absolutely. Listen, listen, let me tell you Especially something. Especially my French friends. Yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. First of all, number one, one thing that's great about the French is they're not embarrassed to fucking smoke. All right? I'm tired of this anti-tobacco <laughs> yeah, shit. I'm too. sick of it. All right, that's it's old. That's old. I know it causes cancer. So does every fucking else. All right? Yeah, so enjoy yeah. your life, motherfucker. Okay. Now, don't write in a bunch of people and tell me about your relative who died of cancer. I had yeah, I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, I, I heard it. I got it. Life is over. We're it's hard. Die, yeah, man. it's a hard fucking slog. <laughs> I got an audio guy that's got to work while he's on the show to give the guy a break, will you? <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. What? You, look, you look like you were going to say something. Are you on your 15? <laughs> you on your 15 in the break right now? <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> He's good. Yeah, he's good. This guy. That's right. The engineer Listen, is so, on the so, case. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to make a prediction mm. right now. What's that? The United States is going to be the first properly socialist country. It will be mm. a beacon of light, and it will be those things. I mean, we've got a better shot than anywhere else in the world, guaranteed. And one of the reasons why is because we're all so goddamn different. Yeah. Do you, I, do you I know think, that. You know, a big thing... Um, I wish we could just break up into smaller groups. It's just one of those. We already th are. What do you mean? It's like I don't know. There's just this thing about like trying to govern a whole huge coast to coast. You know, Mr. Giant, Mr. Giant, sir. We have to. We have to do it. You know why? How are we going to be able? To handle all the differences in the world. If we're in a situation mm. right now, listen, wait. Oh. We're, in a, wait we're in a situation yeah. where we're creating more walls. Now, I get it. I understand why a graffiti writer would want more walls. I, and I respect that, no, sir. No. But the point of the matter is, <laughs> no, I'm just, that's a joke. Yeah. The point of the matter is, is though, listen, the point of the matter is, though, I wouldn't the, talk about, yeah, it's not about walls. No, 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 no. But what I know what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, it's is just that, humanity, man. 
Like, did you ever read the, the Tipping Point? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So by it's Malcolm like, what's his name? Yeah, McDowell maybe. McDowell. Yep. Um, <laughs> not McDowell. By Rodney not McDowell. McDowell. Right. Right. Yeah. Something or McDowell. Mal- Jackson. Whatever. Rodney. But anyway, Dangerfield. It kind of explained just that basic part of us where once there's more than a hundred of us, we we change our uh, attitude where we no longer know everybody's name. And we no longer f- understand our place in the in the in this in the community. So businesses say that grow when they get to I think it's 120 is like the tipping point. Yeah, and that's when you Gladwell. should break it up into two of 60 and build them up to each up to 120 again, because everybody understands. See the the problem with a big society is that people get lost in this nine to five and this debt uh kind of thing and they they don't really understand what they're doing what they're doing what okay. they, what effect they're having and, i'm not disagreeing with you, you know that, i'm not disagreeing with you that there's kind of an anonymity that goes on across like in I, new york city on the subway like nobody's really looking at each other in the eye but they're looking at each other like crazy but if you go to like a small town anyway they're gonna look you right in the eye and say hello okay but listen Listen, God damn it! I love this conversation. This I'm is glad. You. no. I, I was really so do. psyched to get on this because I Listen. know you guys go off on these tangents. Right, it's fun. No, it is fun. <laughs> so this is what I will say. My personal experience is this: is that in actuality, uh, the reason why there's debt and people aren't sure what they're doing and why is because of the way they're educated in the country. That's number one paramount to me. That's, People don't know why. That's, that's the paradigm that we, yeah. Like, okay, uh, like our culture works on, you go to public school, they're basically teaching you to be a good citizen and a good consumer. They don't consumer. even do that. They don't do that. No. They don't teach anyone to be a good citizen anymore. The shit that they're teaching now hmm. and the way public education is handled now, people should not have to go to college. Hmm. People could leave high school with the college educations they're paying for now. We mm. could make that happen, like, tomorrow. I absolutely agree. I feel like my father's generation had, like, auto shop. They, they left high school with uh, skills, with trades. Now they kind of have to go to a secondary school hey. to, to get a trades degree to do that kind of stuff, right. which is unfortunate. And that's adding to the debt. Oh, because, of course it is. No, right. I agree. I All wish right. there was a lot more actual trade stuff in schools. And I will say even this. I actually think the other part of it is the advertisers. We have unregulated fucking advertising in this country to the extent where the news is basically advertising. Like, we don't even sure. know, right? And yeah. we almost think it's normal now. Like that's, I t- that's why I don't consume it at all. I went to I fucking... Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> I went to I went to an inner city, basically all black school. Okay, right? young. I didn't go. I'm saying I went there yeah. as an attorney, as an American Indian attorney, right? Oh, okay. Cool. And the whole thing was like, hey, talk to these kids about, you know, what it, what opportunities are there for them. Mm. So I, I love shit like that. Mm. So I go there and I sit down and I tell them. But one of the things that I was trying to ask them, I said, do any of you think it's weird that every television show you watch right now that you're allowed to go to, and even if you drive in the city, or even if you, you're with your mom and she's buying groceries, that there's an advertisement on almost every surface, right? Mm. 
especially talking to a world-renowned graffiti artist like yourself. Mm-hmm. Competing for the same space. I mean, how is it that these fucking brainwashers get carte blanche? Money. Power. R- right. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Well, that's what graffiti is about inherently and why it's such a crime. Why they make it a felony because it's such like a, uh, nah, fuck your private fucking gotta pay for it space. I'm gonna do my thing right here. Right. You know, fuck your whole system. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a symbol of chaos that they, it's on every mayor mayor's tongue when it's time to get reelected. Like, we're going to take care of the graffiti problem, and all they got to do is go out and paint it off, right? Right. But we come right back. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's that's so, totally so, a, you know, a confrontation with it. And with I told the, them. the visual I, landscape, yeah. Right. And I talked to these kids. I go, does any of you think it's weird? Like, if you had a friend... Who 24 hours a day was nudging you to do something. <laughs> like at what point do you turn to that friend and say, hey man, buck the fuck off or I'm going to knock your teeth out. Sure. I need, I need peace. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But we allow our children to be inundated with this shit. Um, well, again. Without outliers and all that <clears throat> other shit. Okay, I agree. There's some I hippie think, parents. I think though, uh, a key thing though to point out is that's, that's really an urban thing. You know, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been out on some Navajo reservations. There's not a lot of signage. There's right. not a lot of right. that kind of bullshit. Right, but how margin- to be fucking with you? But you how know. many? How many people? Are, how much is the Indian community marginalized so that their message can't make? Because a lot of Indians don't have a respect oh, sh- for private property. They're like, yeah, fuck oh, you. Oh sure, no, I know that too. That's a, so. Those so are actually, so, some funny stories. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Right to yeah, for yeah. an Indian Just to be like fuck you. <laughs> right to to, yeah. to have an Indian watch what a graffiti artist has to go through to put actual art. Up on a fucking public space, yeah, right. Instead, well, of, but I'm I, always to, pointing out that the Indians have had a tradition of drawing and writing. Like I had a friend in Arizona recently right. was uh, showing me some recent petroglyphs, and I was like, "So who's doing that these days?" Right. And he was like, "Oh, wow, nobody's ever asked us that." You're right. Like, why aren't we doing this? I'm right. like, imagine what you could do now with a cordless Dremel. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. get crazy sculptural, super fancy. I mean, you could do amazing things and keep that tradition of your, leaving your... My 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 argument would be Mr. Giant... Mark behind, you know? Mr. Giant, my argument would be you are the one doing it now. Except, it's, you know, it's just a different context. It's sure, like, but what why I do is that is, any different? Um, I value it, it's what the, it's you the, do. It's the same action, right? But the, I mean... You know, to be, to be out in the desert and just discover a cliffside that has, you know, ancient drawings and writing and stuff on it. That's such a that's a that's a powerful thing, you know, and it it's is, such but a, so is it. So and, and I agree with you, I but I'm saying I'm saying when you go out and you put your own individuality yeah. in a provocative yeah. way up on a space, I, I'm not saying there's. I'm not even trying to compare the two yeah. in the sense that, right? right? But what I am saying is, is like, in my mind, the mo- it's, there's a modern Indian aspect to being a graffiti artist. That's what I'm saying. That's and, a total. And I would agree. Yeah. I, 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 you know, again, because I've, I grew up around those petroglyphs in Albuquerque. We used to go out and see them all the time. And it was just like, oh, well, you know, this whole graffiti thing isn't really new. Right. You know? And that was in it, but again, like culturally, 
you know, it was, the, I guess, the Anasazis that I was seeing yeah. that were making those marks. Um, but again, it's like something I personally associate with Indians. Right. With particular tribes. And right. that's why when I bring it up with them, they're like, oh, yeah, there isn't like an official guy out there putting up yeah. petroglyphs right now. Right. And I'm like, why not? You know, like I shouldn't be doing it again. It's like, you know, a continuation of your lineage. And I do it in my way on the streets in the city. Right. You see what I'm saying? But, but man, but, well, I wish, I wish, you know, maybe but, there is people out there and they're not going to be discovered for thousands of years, you know, like right, but I guess marks what I, people are making now. I guess what I'm saying is that there's a certain amount of respect and admiration I have for what you do. Oh, sure. Okay. And it's vice versa. That's the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a, it's it's also this concept of like what is art? Sure, right? Like yeah. like some people we we've all know that we've grown up. Well, art in public spaces it's okay so long <laughs> as it's been mediated by corporations. If they're gonna sure. allow property it, property owners, right? Then yeah. we're cool with it. Yeah. Right, that when that yeah. if you're gonna get wild with the art, like take a shit on the painting and fucking piss out colors and all that stuff, we we will allow it, but it's got to be inside a building and it's mm. got to be mediated by a bunch of rich fuckers. Mm. Sure, right, sure, sure. sure. Oh wait, what do you want to do? You want to do something rebellious and provocative and honoring your name or your concept branding? Yeah, but you don't want to go through what we've said are the proper channels. Oh no, bro, uh, you, that's crazy. No, at all. It oddly I, worked out. Like when we were writing graffiti early in the, you know, we thought it would never help us get into museums and galleries and all that kind of stuff. But right. it turns out that our notoriety from the graffiti world adds a uh, cachet of credibility right. to the work. And, and it's like, you know, gives it a deeper importance and some value. Right, you know, but we wouldn't. We never thought that. Right, and <laughs> we thought not that why. would be the mm-hmm. the last thing you would ever put on a resume that you did graffiti. And, and part you know of what I mean? and, and, and like <laughs> at the time when you were doing some of the earliest stuff, yeah. it wasn't for those reasons. It was for other reasons. We were just doing it for each other. And so that's fun, what I'm you know? saying is, had no, uh, there was no payoff. Well, as an American, <laughs> as an American Indian, what I'm saying is, is that sometimes I look at totem poles, right? Yeah. Well, listen, check this out, man. Check this out. Check this out. Hmm. <laughs> check this out. Stop fucking around. <laughs> like, what is that? <coughs> it's a giant fucking log on its end yeah. with some scary fucking shit carved into it. Sure. Right. That that uh, somebody who has a lot of clout and can't af- and can't afford to get it done. Yeah. Puts in front of their fucking family house. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look at that and I'm like, how is that? That's not for a certain reason. Like, it, that's, it, that's, um, that's for, right? That's for showing a power. Like, this is a power. That, is, is part of it advertising, too? I mean, are, yeah, the, are it, the totems telling the clan, uh, the ancestry within, they're telling the, a within story. the pole? They're telling a story. See, that's what I understood. That's why, like, you know, you just look at it and you're like, oh, cool, that's a bear and an owl and a da 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 But there's this whole deeper story about why those things were chosen but, and but, the but, order but, that they put up there. But listen, my brother. That's so fast. Listen, my, my milky brother. The thing <laughs> is, is when you put up your graffiti, whatever you yeah, write, yeah. 
those letters or how you draw them or whatever you want to do, right? Yeah. Those all have a story and they have a cultural resonance too. Absolutely. So Absolutely. in my mind, yeah. I'm like, it's 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 not. I'm not saying they're exactly the same. I'm oh, saying no, they're related. The Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that's like engaging in the artistic process is a brother of mine or a sister. So, so, yeah, regardless so, of what you're doing. So, what happens if you allow, and I'm not against necessarily capitalism, I'm not saying all that. So, everybody don't fucking freak <laughs> I'm out. Not either. But what I am saying is, is if you have a culture that's a tribally based culture, right? That's oh. what I would like to see too. That's okay. why I even brought up the tipping point because right. it seems like if we're in these smaller tribes where we recognize everybody, there's a lot less crime, there's a lot less manipulation because everybody knows each other. Like, but there is this biological thing that our brains can't handle more than a certain number of people, and we switch into like urban mode. Right, and that's where we start to have problems. Where we feel like, oh, I can get away with raping this person because nobody knows me, nobody's tripping on me. But if you're in smaller communities, there's a lot less chance of that happening. I you suppose see what I'm saying I do. That's the theory and whatnot but, in the book. But it's just that—that's a theory. But I'd also uh, point out somebody, somebody close to I me said how. you can't spell families without L I E S in it. Sure. And that we've all been to families. And so you could have <laughs> things at the family level and still have rape. Oh, well. I agree, or, though. I agree. I mean, with, there's, there's go ahead, evil go ahead. exists for sure. I, I mean, agree. I agree, though. We had this We had this conversation similar to this, me and Chuma on another show. Right. And what I was saying was I was making, an estate, I was making a statement like this. Like the guy that has a great burger spot mm-hmm. in 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 Boise, Idaho. Okay. Right? He has a great burger spot. Okay. He opens up another burger spot. Yeah. Now he's got two great burger spots. Right. right. And he's opening up third. He's opening up fourth. And even with those four in different parts of the city where he's at, right. are really great burgers. Really sure. consistent. Really well, you can keep track of the consistency. Probably right, it's kind of what you're level. saying, right? You can keep an eye on it. You're... One guy could go to each one and make sure they were all still good. Well, or the guy can go to each one. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. The guy. So then the guy greed kicks in, or whatever the fucking thing is, and he's like, <laughs> "Investors, I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get a huge investor, and yeah. I'm gonna open up." 600 of these yeah around the country right 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 now when you start eating the burgers a couple years later it's different it's different yeah and it's they're not accounting for the beef that has to come from this part of the country the potato the whole thing's lost its consistency now right it's right. not this because nobody and they've started to cut prices or yeah. they're because they need to spread out right we need to save money on the beef so we can expand. all that shit and what happens is you have a bunch of garbage from th- something that started from something small right, right. mcdonald's oh okay now i think <laughs> yeah, the, my I whole argument was this here's my whole <laughs> argument my argument was the guy that started the, the restaurant yeah he can save his money from the first one and open up the second one. Sure. He can save his money from those two, open up the third. He he can keep doing it yeah. as long as he can afford to do it. But for him to turn around and open 3000 just because he's got some backer, I think that's part of the whole fucking problem. Is the guy's well, probably making... Yeah. A ton of money with four restaurants. He's probably making a ton of money with ten but restaurants. Again, Why does he need people 5, whose 000? whole job is to see those opportunities and to exploit them? Right. You know, I think that's uh, 
a big thing I discuss with other artists my age, nearing 50. Um, we're all, most of us are at a place where we can kind of dictate what kind of business we want to have. And as opportunities arise, we can take them or leave them. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just a matter of how complicated do you want things to get? Like normally in the tattoo world, you'd apprentice with someone, then you'd get to be able to start tattooing, you'd give them 50% of your cut, and then slowly but surely you, you give them a less and less of a percentage until you're paying rent, and then eventually you own your own shop, and then you have people that are giving you 50% of their earnings, and then you kind of cash in after all those years of putting that time in. So people have always asked me, like, dude, we know the system, why have you not opened a tattoo shop? And I'm like... Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a boss. I don't want to... I like to take care of everything myself. I don't need to make it complicated. I don't need to make money off of other people's work. Like, I'm good. Right. You know? But I think those are just those decisions you have to make as an individual. Like, how complicated do you want to make your life? Well, you listen, know what I mean? Well, listen. So this is what I think about what, bo- what both of you guys are saying, Steve. You're saying something at the... At, there's a certain I'm saying something that kind of smells probably communistic. No, no, no. You're saying something <laughs> that makes sense, which is there's a certain to- point where you hit with scale a business where you know you're making decisions at a high level that undercuts the sort of individualized value, high value. That let can- me just say this, Juman, before we go any further. Yeah. If you have 20 fucking restaurants, if you grew up in Indianapolis, and you have 20 fucking restaurants in Indianapolis. You did it, bro. You're making probably in the top 5% of anybody in that fucking state. Why do you need 6,000 fucking restaurants, man? Again, greed, drug habits, who knows? No, the same thing happens in the tattoo and, and world. Everything that goes like that one big guy in is Vegas all owns garbage. Like it turns the garbage shops? though. When it gets that big, it turns it does. the garbage. It does. It no, does. But, no, okay, but, but, but customer but, service, the consistency, but, 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 and then they're charging you uh, up the ass for garbage. <laughs> right, you're yeah. right. But what I'm saying is, is that it's a good question you ask. Unfortunately, though, mm-hmm. this is what I think happens, Steve. Mm. You're calling it greed, and I agree with it, mm-hmm. right? But you remember that in the system in which we live, I actually think that there's a potential that once you become successful in business, you are working within a culture and a religion. I look at business yeah, as a religion. I agree. I agree. You get caught up in like the number game when they play golf together, and they're like, right. oh, I made $15 million this week, right. and the other guy's going, <laughs> I made twenty, And you're like, oh, he feels so deflated, and you're like... You're completely not tripping on the fact that you made fifteen fucking million dollars yeah, because dude out made of reality. five more, yeah. and you don't realize that there's this whole chain of humanity behind all that money Making that's being fucking affected hundred dollars a it. month, right? right. And think, that's, and think that's about, their game, man. Think you about know? think about this. We could play that game. Hey. I don't want to. <laughs> but here's the Jumanji. Th- I love it. Yeah, we could play. But here's the th- Let's play right now. Hey, you want to play that game? Oh, two could play that game. No, but the point of the matter is, it's like okay. So what you're talking about? So yeah, I think what happens is, is that people change. You know, in the same way, lose that- sense of their original, uh, like uh, goal. So to speak, or 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 even conti- a- making new goals as or they go. Original prohibitions. Like, mm. like you start out at a certain time where you have a certain respect for certain things because you're a small fish and you have to. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden you become a big fish and all of a sudden some of your traditional prohibitions go out the window. Mm. And I'm not saying it for everybody. I'm just saying this is one of the possible things that can happen. So when so so people change, man. People change. You hope people change too, man. Right. And for the better. For the better. <laughs> not As you for get the older. But, but I don't know that you, know. you can play the money game at a certain level without becoming part of the religion. In the same way that we were talking about the steps, like they work even if you don't want to. I think that there's a steps for being a rich fucker. Where at a certain point, if you keep it's playing a, the game, it's a game to play, you start to lose what whatever the other thing was, and you realize you get to us. Listen, you can size also fucks things up a little bit because you can get to a size where you realize, oh, you know what, craftsmanship doesn't matter really. Fat Americans or lazy Americans or overworked Americans. I'm not even going to blame lazy Americans. Maybe overworked Americans, they don't have time over medicaid they don't have time to find the best quality they are inconvenience and when you get to a certain level you might realize oh shit if i just buy up every fucking spot on the corner they got nowhere else to go except mcdonald's well you were you kind of said something early in the show what is this fucking shit i want what i can't have or this and that i'm gonna give you a a couple do it i'm gonna give you a couple for examples from where i come from okay yeah and you know, I built a fucking hundred million dollar company with a fucking guy named yeah. Famous Stars and Stripes. Yeah, and I helped build this fucking company called The Hundreds and build Young and Reckless. Yeah, I watched brands around the Hundreds. I watched different brands like Diamond and like mm. Crooks and Castle. I watched them go for all the money. Right, they took every order, every retailer, every yeah. write them as big as you can. Let's go. Yeah, and people like the hundreds sat there and watched, and they're like, "We don't want all those orders. We right. don't want to be in all those stores." Right. As a matter of fact, sit down because I had blown up famous. They go, "We like what you did at famous, but we want you to do it in reverse." Right. And I was like, <laughs> "What?" Okay. So they were like, "We don't want to be a pack then." Yeah. We don't want. Right. Well, we you, don't. You so, piss off the stores by selling to all of them too. Right. Well, that was no, a thing well, I remember that was happening course, with Diamond to, in particular. They, if you don't have a sales manager them, that knows how to do SMU goods for them and them so that no product ever matches, but oh, that's right. a whole other story. But exactly. what I'm getting at is these guys, I watch these guys go for the money. Yeah. And I listen to and Bobby. And why not, right? Well, like, well, that's what I'm going to say. And I watch. Your angle. Right, well, that's what I'm saying. Let yeah. me make this statement. That is that. <laughs> I watch Bobby Hundreds and them say, look it, we have a 25, 30-year plan like Stussy. And it starts with our distribution. It follows by our quality. Okay? Yeah. Their distribution channels were clean. They weren't going to sell on everybody. You, they, you have to fit this curriculum to carry the brand. Yeah. When you carry it, you need to carry this stuff and be represented. And they were very hard-edged. They made it and they're still crushing it today they probably are going to be on course to be a stussy or somebody like that they they're still rolling and they're growing after fucking 15 16 years these guys are done so what i'm saying is that i think it is about how you decide to distribute and what you go for okay i think you now now this is the ending thing i'm gonna make here's the ending point i'm gonna make yeah diamond might have done a hundred million for three years in a row. Mm-hmm. 
Get that money. Like you said, what's the problem with that, right? Sure. Get it. You get it. Well, and I know Nick in particular. I did the first logo for Nick. Right. So the whole thing for him was just a surprise. Every step, kind of. Right. So, yeah, it's like, how much can I get out of this? This was supposed to just be a bearing company. Sure. <laughs> bolts. Right. right. Bearing, like, bolts, really, was the first thing. And then the... They did the the Iron Maiden ripoff T-shirt. Sure, and then it blew up. But yeah, I think the I don't think he was ever thinking longevity. Maybe you no. Know? And a lot of guys. I don't think aren't, he ever you know? was. That's the thing. It really depends on like Rebel Eight was started with the ethos of longevity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's certain ones, and there's certain ones where they'll over time end up making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas some of those, well, that's fashion too and streetwear. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that invest in brands to blow them up and blow them out in three years and make that quick money because it's kind of the nature of streetwear. Yeah, but I think people that are the conceivers and the, the people that start these brands, yeah. I think a lot of these people tell themselves they think they're going to be the next Ralph Lauren. I think people honestly believe that. I think <laughs> the money guys come in is, and they're yeah, like, it's too bad. So what I'm saying is this is if Diamond wants to make the $300 million yeah. in three years, yeah. yeah. Do it. But why not make 30, 40 million a year for 25 years? That's right. That's again, it's a totally it's like different a, game, bro. Yeah. It's or, a totally different or game. Or the person, say, that uh, runs the business out of their garage and always will. They right. make enough money right. to pay it, the bills and for their family, and they'll never get bigger because they have no. I'm in that boat. I could make so much shit and flood the market and make so much fucking money, but I only need a certain amount of money to right. pay for my bills, and that's a certain amount of posters and a certain amount of originals for me, and it's not a big deal. I'm not trying to, like, accumulate wealth, you know? That's not my bottom line at all. It's more about, like, I, you know, how much of the day do I work and how much of the day can I play? And I, th- you know? I think I and I, I think that it, and that might be for you and many people about that. I yeah. think that Bobby and Ben, at the end of the day, their reasoning behind all this was they were like, "Dude, we love what we do. Yeah, we just want to work with our friends and do cool shit, and we want to do this for a long time. To yeah. us, this isn't work. Right. We don't want to recreate. Anything. Oh yeah, we what like I do what doesn't feel like work. Yeah, right. Exactly. So and and so when I started thinking in terms like that, you know, with Supermax. Yeah, you know, it's going to gain and there's different plans for it. But really, Supermax is out because I want to make cool shit yeah. for my for my, for my my homeboys, for my, for my people. For everybody I fuck exactly. with, I want to make a cool brand that I wear and that's around. Exactly and I think that I'm if doing. you stay on that, a, a lot of times when there's that type of passion or that type of focus in that direction, a lot of times those things do get popular because you weren't really... It really depends. And yeah, it really does depend. Well, and again, it depends on how much you want to play along. Like back in the day, the big thing was getting Japanese distribution. Sure. That could fucking quadruple your output right then, one order. You know, and sometimes businesses would have to regroup and get investment money and loans just to be able to handle those orders. But some people were like, mm, "Nah, I'm sorry, I don't really care. I'm not going to deal with that." 
That's mm. just too much. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it, again, it just takes <laughs> certain certain folks, you know? Well, again, well, so then let me posit this to you, gentlemen, because you guys made some great statements. You're obviously both, uh, you know, eminent businessmen and eminent artists, you know? Uh, but <laughs> let me put it, let me ask you this. And I'm not saying this to... Steve knows me, and you've listened mm. to the show, Mike. So you yeah. know, to a certain extent, I'm I'm sure. a little bit of a devil's advocate guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I like that. Oh, I like to do that too. Right. I don't know. I was born like that. Mm-hmm. I was arguing with the fucking doctor. You I was trying to climb get... back up into my mom's vagina. He's trying to pull me out. I'm like, how mm. do you know it's not better in here, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> He's stupid, dude. This oh, guy's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> but listen. He's sipping on that bottle when we're not looking at the bottle. <laughs> yeah, but, but my but my thinking is 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 it possible that the same way a Mike Giant or a Bobby Hundreds or a Steve Luciano feels mm-hmm. about streetwear or or you know art or whatever they're doing, is it possible that somebody can feel that way about making money? Of course. Yeah. Their passion is making money. Right. Yes. So what if somebody's... Okay, listen. Yeah. They're, Madoff. They're... <laughs> oh, no, no. Guys, passion was making money, wasn't Dude, it? Dude, stealing it. Course. Stealing it. Excuse me. Think about passion is stealing money. What's the... I mean, listen. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a creative enterprise, right? I mean, <laughs> listen. He... No, no, I'm was. absolutely was. serious. What, what's more artistic than making false statements on a secret <laughs> floor and getting everyone to buy into it? I mean, on, on a certain level... There's Listen, certain expertise it's, has it's to go ca- into it's that. It's a capitalist culture, man. Yeah. You know, the whole culture's got us trying to accumulate wealth. And yeah, I can appreciate there's people that that go that route and and want to. And it, but to me, it just feels really unappealing, right? And false, and right? Useless and whatnot, you right. know. But I'm obviously a little weird. You know what I mean? And, like, and you know what? That weird. Not to me. That weird, and I think Steve's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like working very, class. Very like, what do I really need, man? You know, I'm good. I think that 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 is what makes you guys have something of value. Like, like you know, I the, the lately that what's been coming to me a lot is like, you know what? I was raised by a lot of mediocre motherfuckers, mm. right? Like <laughs> average people were raising me. Most people are very mediocre. Yeah, right. And I'm like taking lessons about life from people who like didn't get out of an office. Sure. Right. right. And so when I would do something like <laughs> when I would say or think something that was like 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 to my, them outlandish. Oh, like hey, maybe I want to climb back into my mom's vagina. Like mm. you know, joking, but like just like that kind of thing. It set them all wrong, and they try to straighten me out and be like, "Listen, yeah. you want a regular job? You can't talk like that. Yeah. You can't be like that." Maybe uh, I don't want a regular job. <laughs> maybe I don't want to be a regular job. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe I don't want that. Yeah. So oh, I'm thinking about what you guys are saying. So like, you know, it takes all kinds. And I'm thinking about like, okay, the money thing, and I'm not necessarily for or against the whole thing. I want to make money because I want to buy shit and I want to have vacations. And I want to do fun shit. Yeah. Right. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, and I'll be real, I want to be able to, like, a certain friend of ours bought a house next to his house so his daughter could live yeah, in it. Right, right, right. That's a, that, you need money to do that. Yeah. Right? Okay. The flip side is, is I want to do it on my terms. Right. I want to do it on my fucking terms, Steve. Do you, I, do you, you understand what I'm saying? I absolutely. Look, I don't have a problem with money. 
and I want money. I want money. I don't need nothing. I like a nice yeah. little car. Right. And good coffee and my cigarettes. Right. I want all my shit to just hand over to the kids. Right. I want to leave something so that they have some freedoms. But what I will say is this, and it's important that I say this, shout out to Shaw Tanaka and Hot Knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? No, keep finished. going. No, I'm with it. Just go, man. I- I'm not even chipping. You sure? Yeah, don't wait. You know me. Well, you I up, uh, it's important that I bring this up and say this, especially with Mike Giant here. Yeah. Um, first off, Japan has always been attractive. Has always been attractive to me for two reasons. Yeah. Okay? Mm. Japanese will take American shit and it, listen, Americans, USA, and everybody, and they'll do the shit ten times better than we can do it. Right. Okay? They'll study the shit. They'll figure it out, and they'll do it and make it better than we do. Right. Okay? That's what well, they the, do out there. They do now, for sure. Absolutely. I'm talking like, about talking yeah. about the 20th century shit, you know? Yeah. Especially the last 30 years. From whether it be Americana denim to fucking lowriders. Right. Their shit is at a whole nother level when you go out there and you see what they've done. They studied, and I appreciate that they would study our culture and our shit to try and get it right. Like They, they really, you go look at their rockabilly shit in Japan, yeah. Yeah. they're like... They're all about the red liner. And, I mean, but the second thing, right. the real reason, right. is me growing up with Esteban and Cartoon, there was nobody shooting what Esteban was shooting. Right. There was no cartoon before cartoon. Right. There was a couple like swap meet brands, but there wasn't like what he was doing, right? Okay. There wasn't like... When you had fuck love and you had motherfucking Duke putting his gun into a girl's mouth, and that was the photo. You, you, nowhere, not New York, not East L.A., not West L.A., not nobody would put that show up. Nobody would do their art show. Nobody in America, nobody from Europe, everybody was scared of cholos and tattoos and mm-hmm. no, and cartoon drawing dudes and fucking stupid. No way. You know who gave them their first show? Motherfucking Japan. In Tokyo, they did their first show. And when they did their first show, Tokyo blew it up and everybody from Europe was now on their shit because Japan was. Then everybody, the USA was the last, the last, last people to get on board with Cartoon and Esteban. The last, look at it now. The sure. last, bro. Nobody wanted Esteban photos. That cartoon shit and your bald head, your tattoo, you guys... Just don't come to our shop. And we're not, and they definitely weren't buying that shit in Mr. Rags and Pakistan and places. No, they wouldn't buy Joker, Super, any of that shit. Mm. But now, mm. now, it's Japan, man. And it's like, if you really look at Japan, they love our culture so much that they, they've given chances, they blow shit up. And now people look at Japan, it's like, oh, it's in Japan, it means something here. You know right. what I'm saying? And they're kind of late to it because I feel like when I went to Japan in, say, 2006 with, I think, Upper Playground brand, uh, it was being explained to me that they were doing about 90, 80 to 90% import in the, of the brands that were in the stores there and mm-hmm. only 10% domestic. Mm-hmm. But then just, temp, fuck, less than 10 years later, it was the total opposite that the Japanese brands were like, okay, we got this. We don't need to keep buying this stuff from overseas. We can do our own thing. Well, listen, so now they really are the trendsetters in, in a lot of ways. Well, you're saying? Absolutely is true because but, in 92, hmm. we're going out there 
And I'm Jesus bringing Christ. Fucking, 92. 92 wow. is the first time. Been out there seven. I think times. I went 96 the first time with Tribal. Okay. Yeah. I'm out there in 92. We had sold them lowriders, whatever. But mm-hmm. we were, I was going out there with dicky jackets, with swap meet belts, with the little saints, with prayer cards. With, I mean, I was embroidering on dicky jackets, super eggs. You know what I'm saying? Going out there. Oh, they remember. were buying everything they could pre made here. And you're right. There was a transition. They just needed a little time to work on it. And they even took some stuff and redid their own thing with it. That's you know? the thing. Like, even with that, say, the denim, like, I know a lot of the Japanese craftsmen bought the old machines and had them yes. shipped over yep. on fucking boats to Japan so that they could make denim the way they did in the Triple 1940s. stitching and all that. Mm. Yeah, but they're... they're uh, yeah, I love that about the Japanese too. They're so into the details, and they get so educated about the things, and really have this uh, love for it. You know, well, they're yeah, they're yeah. Americana brands, bro. They've got yeah. Americana brands out of Japan, bro, that are yeah. ten times better than any type of Oshkosh or like the best farming jackets and shit that you could yeah but yeah. you know what i'm taking from what you're saying mm. and i'm adding i'm gonna add this from a theoretical standpoint mm-hmm. because this is what i think i'm hearing one of the things that's that's amazing us here as we're talking about what japan's approach to american things mm. are they're not caught up with the identity aspect like there's not right the japanese aren't caught up with like well we didn't make this and it's not part of our uh-huh. tradition so we ain't fucking with hell it. no they're right? not like that at all right which allows them to sometimes take what they didn't start and do it better, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not married to the idea it's not theirs. All right. Now think about this. I think one of the reasons they're able to do that, and this is just me, so if you want to write in and call me a cocksucker, go ahead. Okay. All right. It's because of World War II. Mm. I think when we dropped two nukes on them, broke the back of the Chinese, fa- I mean the Japanese fascists at that time, and made the Sun Emperor admit that he is just a regular guy and had General MacArthur, whoever it was, running the show over there, I think it gave them the opportunity to let go of a lot of old cultural baggage. Oh, sure. Clearly, wow. Wow. Clearly, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Clearly, well. clearly, we don't have to be attached to it. And then and clearly it's wrong. Or it didn't, it didn't win. Mm-hmm. It didn't win. Right. That's all they need. So we're free. I mean, we can pick up our cultural icon, but we don't have to be married to, to it. it. Right. And yeah. we can take what America's doing and do it better. And do it better and not feel any shame. That it makes that makes sense to me. Sure. Does make sense to me. Sure. No, World War II changed a lot of a lot of stuff. I mean, even like uh I love Amsterdam, but they didn't become all open and right. all that stuff until after World War II cuz they felt guilty about giving up the juice. Right. You know, that's what I learned from living in Amsterdam from the my Dutch friends, they were right. like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that that's why it just opened up and like we're well, we're friendly, you know. So, come so, to Amsterdam, so, so, get high, get fucked. It's so all good. So listen, man, this is why we're cool. We're cool, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah is... And Frank, it happened, but yo, <laughs> oh, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but really, like, so, uh, they, yeah. you know, it happened. But listen, we're gonna roll a blunt now. And it's all good. Sorry, yeah. sorry. But, but you know, I went to the Anne Frank Museum. and shit was heavy. But Hell listen, yeah, that's the thing. That's that's just it, though. But a huge societal changes happened because of that. Frankly, I think what we're not recognizing Go is ahead. the last year just did that 
last year just did that worldwide oh, completely 100%, changed like, 100%, the paradigm 100%. how the whole world is operating the absolutely next, the next it's 30 in, years wild. the next 30 years we will not recognize which is all the it's more bizarre. all it's the bizarre. more reason while we gotta let go it's getting better in some ways too that's right. what's so crazy it's such a wild time and why not but this is what i'm saying that is why we cannot lose to me now listen to me <laughs> My most, this is why philosophy and theory is so important to me. Mm-mm. Because I think in times like this, you can't make good decisions or proper decisions because a lot of the cultural reference points that we all kind of lean on as a crunch don't really exist anymore. So what you're left with is yeah. form. What forms are there and what, where is it going? All right, forget. So that yeah. was a. Everybody has to interpret the forms themselves these days because the kind of the mainstream media say who it's like who knows what's real and what's not so 100%. really making us as individuals gotta and hopefully have these conversations where we hash it out you know and just be like what do you feel about this isn't this crazy well this is why i think the united states will be the forefront of the new world that's coming why because that's a great hopeful attitude well we're already we're already dealing with these issues here We've already had like a near miss of a terrible thing, right? And we've already been under watch and through the internet and all this other shit, right? We've already confronted digital fakes. We're already dealing with the concept of like, okay, if they're manipulating, the, like we're already dealing with that, right? Yeah. So the first part of the growth is the challenge. We're dealing Getting through all the shit. And we're dealing with it. And we're finding out what's going to work and what's not going to work. What matters and what doesn't matter. In a post-truth society. Mm-hmm. My God, he's mm-hmm. fucking fuck fuck's sake. Right? In a post But yeah. like we're already. That's a weird way to put it too. Post-truth. Right. Like the Buddhists in me is so heartbroken that that's right. what we're going to call the age right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's you horrible. Know. I look at it as a positive thing. I really do. I get you. I, I love the whole idea of the age of Aquarius is coming, and mm. it's supposed to get incredibly dark before that transition happens, you know? And I think it could get a little darker. Like, uh, hey, Are dark. you a friend of Noah Levine's? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, he's a friend of the show. He's a good friend of ours. I'm not into astrology and stuff so much, but it's just that whole, you know, the the ages. And there are a lot of people that believe that we're supposed to move into another age oh. in our lifetime. Oh, we will. Um, and it seems like such dramatic things are happening so rapidly that, yeah, we may be in the midst of it. So I'm hopeful that I can live to be, say, 80 years old because I, I do think there's going to be some remarkable good um, a, a time of of worldwide unification and peace and and well, you well, know that's very hopeful. But your but 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 that's the thing. I know that then it will fall out and crash. <laughs> listen, there's those rises listen. and falls. I just am, feel like I'm ex, I'm excited because I'm at one of those turning points where it's really dark. First and of all, you know, I got a prediction. Versus clear. just a, a cruiser, Mister Giant. I got a prediction. I'm going to attempt prediction. <laughs> Number one, Nostradamus. Yes. Fucking Ryder Domus. First, this is the first thing. Number one, nope. you will you will live long past eighty, my friend. Number two, <coughs> how long do you think? Uh, eons, because your consciousness is going to be downloaded in a computer, and you will live for the next two to three thousand years. So with what the rest would of be us. my okay? All right, Buddhist question. Go. I think my 
personality is a construct of my mind, and when the mind is no longer working, where does the personality? I don't think it goes anywhere. I do think that there's maybe a uh, no a there's... soul or something, but I don't think my personality is connected. Oh no, to your it. personality! Not only I will think it be that's all gone. Listen, that's okay. the thing. I mm. don't think Mr. I Giant. could live on for. You know, Mr. maybe Giant, your consciousness is going to be computerized, accumulated data through my yeah, physical oh, body, and then you'd have that as a. Listen, I don't know. You're, don't know. you're, you're. I don't know. This is all being recorded. It's going to be uploaded as part of the. Let's, Devin- okay, let, let's say just the physical body. Go ahead. Like I, I do think that there's going to be a wild technological advances that oh. will allow this physical body to like parts of it to die off, and we can replace it and so we might be able to physically in this single body live on for who knows i'm just wondering you know i mean do you think we could survive to 150 and easily you know easily. Or, I think... or at that point you're just it just goes it's no just no like, no no look at check it out this is what's gonna know? happen there's gonna be like a little square of gray matter mm. and that's gonna be you and there's going to be an electrode on it. <laughs> and that electrode well, is going to have all your personality is going to be in a computer with the rest of us. Mm, right? Mm. And you're going to be in a computer and you're going to have the same conversation with me where you're going to be like, I don't know. We're going to survive. What if you could chop off my foot and I still live? And I, But it's going to be your consciousness that will be your personality. That's where we're going. still be that singular mm. consciousness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta tell uh, you, man. You guys have know. your idea on it, I and I can tell you mine. But the thing is, is I think I wouldn't play long. You might not. I'm already at the place where I feel like if I find out I have cancer, I'm not gonna go through the normal modern way of approaching fixing it. Right. I, I would go a whole different old school approach to do it, and right. I might die. Right. Right. And I'm cool with that. I'd much rather have some control and not live in fear and. I don't know. Just have some control over that. That uh, that's the thing. I don't know how much of the the extra stuff I would allow to keep me going. You know what? Even at you? this point in my life, I've achieved so much more than I could have possibly dreamed. Like you, you, know, you know, at what point? Just go on and on this, and on. Listen, I don't know. I listen. I have the same thoughts you have, right? I have the same things. I would imagine. Okay, but I'm also like you know, I really love eating pizza. I'm that simple too. So, uh, so I love. I had to give up pizza. Listen, I love pizza too. I listen. So the point being, though, right, is that if listen, because I also do a lot of wheel wills and, and advanced health directors, right? Okay. Okay. Everyone cool. Everyone cool. is young, right? Because I'm an attorney. Yeah. Everyone young is always like, "Hey, man, pull the plug." I don't give a shit. Part one. How you can fucking kill me? I, if I can't use my legs, I don't want to dance. You sure. know all that shit, sure. right? T- what we got a roll? Oh, all right. We, Bobby Child was telling us we got a roll. We're fucking. It's a power bill. Oh, no, bill. we got we got we got a little time. I'm just saying we need to start moving that direction. Yeah, yeah. right. Listen, me and my giant are getting metaphysical. God damn it! All right, now look. But what I'm saying is, is that as people approach the actual death's door, like for real. Yeah, their minds change. Some a small percentage stay the same, but some of them are like, sure. you know what? If I can still eat a hamburger and you know it what? tastes good, yeah. you know what? Pump my ass full of chemicals. I don't give a shit. Well, now, I'm sure. not here to judge those decisions. I'm just saying when you get closer and closer, yeah. you you might not think Pumping the same thing. Of course not. Right. You never know how you're going to react. He's being pumped in his ass. I think that's <laughs> something I really love about the uh, the samurai. Right. The, the, the whole point of a samurai's whole life was how they met death. Right. That's why when they met each other alone in the woods or whatever, it was like, 
oh man wow okay we're gonna have to fight to the <laughs> oh, death right now right. you know but this is what we're meant to do so let's see how, how all right here we go let's right. let's do let's this let's do this you know i honor you you know I, that's that's uh, a that's some really really heavy shit to I me. I got a major I thing think to point a lot out. Of, I think a lot of people can talk about it. I, I think oh. a lot of people can talk about it. Yeah, this, but I'm gonna say that's why it, they were I, special. I'm I'm gonna talk about. It, I'm gonna say it, and that's that. I be, I do truly believe in our history. Okay, <laughs> and from what I've been showing, I haven't seen the shit like this country. What needs to happen in order to to fix the problems we have? Yeah. I don't see anything in history showing me that any of that's been fixed without it being completely broken. <laughs> and, to, and then it's and then something well. changes. So until there's blood in the streets, like <laughs> oh, this revolution in the United States, it's not gonna like talking and marching and being nice. That shit, I haven't seen that no. work anywhere in the world. I'm just saying, it usually takes a revolution. So when it's time to go. I don't really give a fuck about all oh, this material. Like, like, I, if they say, I, look, at, we're going to gun I it down in the streets, no, I'm I, going in the streets to go fight, man. Hey, I, me and Bobby I'm are going to go get tacos, man. You what, blood in the street, I'm getting some tacos. Whatever life throws at us, we're going to meet it. I mean, right. that, that's kind of being a man on some level, that's too. Yeah, just being man. Like, I'm willing to fight get, for something that I may never see. You know what? I'm a shit could get really crazy, right. but... You know, I'm I'm already I don't have a fear of death. Like, you know, oh, if no, it gets if it gets to the point hey. where I got to carry a shotgun to hop in my car, so be it. Like, so be it. Like if yeah. it gets seriously, you, if it gets you, that uh, fucked up, hey. like, hey, let's let's just ride it out. Let's I want to be this. a survivor. I want to survive this shit if it really jumps off. Wait and a the second. Thing is, is, I'm not afraid of death, could. but I want to be a survivor. <laughs> now listen. All I'm saying is... I want to fight. When no, life throws you that, yeah. then I'm hey, ready. Hey, if life, you know what life throws at me a lot? And I got a good question. <laughs> Why a twisted up napkin, Steve? Always know. with you. There's always like a twisted nervous napkin. Habit. Because it's nervous. But what I will say is, <laughs> if the revolution kicks off... Go ahead. I'm not running to go save my money and my property, bro. Sure. I'm going to be on the street. And I'll die on the street for that cause, man. That's what I'm saying. Listen, what I am saying is this. God damn it. No. What I'm saying is, is I think that we've also seen blood in the streets. And I'm not against it. Well, Look, not I'm really. Not, it's happening. It, it has happened. Not here in this country. It but gets like, blown hey, up by October the media, Revolution, doesn't it? Look, at October Revolution, that was blood media in the streets. blows it up. The, 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 the French... When they beheaded their king, that was blood in the streets. And I'm not... Yeah, the Zapatistas, when they took over fucking Chiapas, Listen, that was blood in the streets. All I'm saying is, is that we have seen blood in the streets, and that doesn't lead to the same thing either. That's all I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, is that it might very well be that the real blood in the streets will be bloodless because something has broken, for sure. Something has changed. But I'm, I've got to think that... It'll be something we we don't we can't fully understand now because if we could understand it, we already do it. Exact. Thank God. Thank you, Space saying that. Yeah. And here's the other point. That makes sense. The the the, the Japanese, and this is what I think America <laughs> has to do. Mm. America has to let go of its identity a little bit mm. to be more like the Japanese. Or to figure say, out what the new identity is. I, I think that's yeah. a huge. Uh, the new identity is no identity. Well, that, yeah. 
again, well, and what it's does like, that mean? I kind of agree right, with that. Steve. I was raised to think that America was this place where people came from all over the world yeah. and we created this American identity and it was for everybody and everybody was equal and all that. But right. I have friends who were raised that this place was made by white men that sure. enslaved black men right. to and uh, other people to build this nation for, for white them. people. Right. For them. Right? That's what I right. believe. And and that's like <laughs> right. but again it's like well where are we now? I mean, and and what was the real identity? Like, I, I was raised obviously liberal, so uh, you know, Listen. I I love to believe that it's this American melting pot. It right? is, you know, that's the identity that I it love. Is. But I know that other people have kind of the opposite identity of yeah. what this country is about, and that's what's. I wish there was some way of creating a new identity that included both it does first of all you know? it does it does it's, so? it's a conflict first of all human beings i get you it does feel really conflicted these days but but but, that's but, a... but, but, but humans are conflicted yeah. individually on your own sure. you got drives that want you to do the wrong thing and you got drives that want you to do the right thing Sure. You sometimes sometimes you just lie and you don't even know why you lied. You just lie. <laughs> right? Like so okay. So what I'm saying is is if a human individually in their own psychology can be conflicted, a nation can be conflicted. But make no oh, mistake. Oh, for sure a make, nation would be conflicted. Make yeah. no mistake. It is a melting pot. Sure. And the concept that we're all going to be on the same vibe is never going to happen. No. You can't no, that, even, that's what I'm saying. That's get exactly what Diego. I'm saying. Right. Okay, yeah, but, but, exactly. but, but. And I can be friends with people that have a completely different way of seeing things. And you know? I also believe that you can set standards and say, you know what? That's the zero level. Like, we oh, can sure. be friends, but sure. if you go to this level. It's part of my duty, my value to myself. I can't be your friend. I'm sorry. Like you're not able to be at the big I, kids' I, table I, I and do talk. I that too. I, yeah, especially when uh, there's, there's, yeah, that'll happen. Just young people will say something really racist or sexist or really discriminatory. Right. And they're kind of like, to me, these shining examples of woke, non-discriminatory young people. And it just breaks my fucking heart when I see them being right. discriminatory. And they don't even realize it. Right. And it's just like, motherfucker. You know, it's just that's where we are these right. days. It's really confusing. Well, well, I would say this. It's confusing because everyone has more of a say now. When it was, the power structure was held mm. by one group more. I could see that. It's a little more unified, it seems like. Yeah, Why? Because one group's in power. Now that it's starting to split up, yeah, you're going to get some some get whatever. Everybody's but there are now. there are it is possible to get to zero levels. Like if you're in prison, mm. right? You could be a murderer. You could sell drugs. Mm. You could do all this shit. But if you're a pedophile. Mm. Like, they're like, that's end game, bro. It's not happening here. I'm surprised that's not more of an end game in our society. Like, I was raised I think, uh, yeah, Roman I'm, Catholic, and right. I know that they just moved, even in my diocese in New Mexico, the, the our, my priest that I grew up around, he was indicted for... Was he? Yeah, yeah. He didn't ever fuck with me or my sister. Man. We had to have that conversation. Man. And it's just like... Um, As Steve says it all I, the time. Uh, yeah, I really... Uh, you know, especially like understanding good and evil through that Catholic system growing up in it, it just seems so extra evil to know that they would foster that and just move those guys around 
Like, if I ever have murder fantasies, it's always about hunting down pedophile priests. Right. And I would say, <laughs> and I would say this. At the higher level, right, exactly what Steve was talking about in business, where a guy starts out with a decent burger at one joint. By the time <laughs> he's making decisions at a thousand joints, the burger turns to shit. Yeah. I would say it's true about organized religion. I'm at sure. the small level, when I you start, agree. Right? I agree. Again, that yeah, was a good intention in the very the beginning. Whole and then at the point high thing. level, yeah. you're like, well, these fucking kids, but we got to protect our brand, so we'll just move them over to Boston and just hope it just goes well there, I hope. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of shit yeah, is the decision so level you're making. Yeah, I just I, I, I'm it, surprised that there's not more of a, an outright hunt for them. All right, well let's cut the shit and <laughs> let's know. get right down to it. Why Giant? How did you get the name oh, Mike Giant? That was simply a skateboarding thing. Uh, I had been writing graffiti for maybe a month, and I was skating with some friends, and I I just fell. Um, but I fall really slow, and when I hit the <laughs> ground, I'm pretty heavy, so it's a good boom. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I hit, and right. it echoed, and this kid just was like, dude, you just went down like a giant. <laughs> and I'd been looking for a graffiti name. I'd been really trying, I'd wrote like Mike, I think the first one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't Mike. know. I didn't know. I just was figuring it out on my own. Yeah. Yeah. And then Giant, was, I was like, oh, okay, that, that's that makes sense. I'll stick with that. That's but a great name. That's all. Yeah. Right? How good is that name, from? Mr. Great, fucking man, brand maker, man, Mike I'm Giant? You, Mike but Giant. it's hard to have those kind of generic ass names in graffiti. Usually you have to have some like three letter word that doesn't relate to anything in reality because right. most of the best names are already taken. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I had to like, there's been a few times when other people started to try to write giant and i was just like nah like nah you right. better chill <laughs> well you know well well oh we're gonna have to have a mike giant part two are you kidding me oh i think we're gonna God. part two part three part four yeah there's Dude, more to go uh, i love this guy that's fun mike great conversation uh, i i just we're gonna have to come and do more with no, i like conversating with you guys it yeah, was, that was it was getting good today. Yeah. Oh, man. Some shit. I, I, like, I like when you can just talk and there's like nothing has to be resolved. No. Right. You know, it's just like discuss things, like figure things you out. You know what I really like about you, Mike? Hmm. Is I like, what I really, really like about you is that you've had a lot of different experiences. Yeah. That from judging from the outside, I wouldn't expect you to have had all these experiences and it really as we start to get to know you it makes more and more sense your art and that's your usually how it works is like of course man you're taking which anybody do yeah. on their journey along right from new mexico to upstate new york <laughs> to the, here you've brought all that with you and that's kind of what yeah. your art is like you've brought pieces of it all exactly collectively straight up an extension of my life right Exactly. Hey man, dude. Right? I tell you, bro, I love <laughs> I love this, this guy. man's work, man. Uh, you you're just a ex- I'm flattered. That's I can't wait to get down here. You're and have a you real on. Uh, you're a real expert in the field with an eye for things. And that that ma- that counts a lot. Yeah, man. And you're a, just a great artist that's a gem. Made a big <laughs> huge uh, impression on so many people and so much stuff and certainly it's fascinating. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't I just I draw with magic markers, dog. Like, <laughs> how did that work out? Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. It's, it's, it worked out real well. That's what's fucking nuts. My, uh, yeah. my giant, tell us where can our listeners find you? Where oh, yeah. can they see your art? Anything coming? Uh, what do you want to plug? Yeah, Go just uh, mikegiant.com is a great place to start. 
I'll give you an overview of kind of what I do, and I've got a store on there. Then my Instagram is also a really big one as far as like keeping up with my daily activities and drops. It's OG Mike Giant. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. There's other things. I have a podcast, but you can. It's just Mike Giant Podcast. If you okay. look that up, you'll find it. Right. Um, yeah, I love all. that. Yeah. 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 Podcasting's uh, important. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's a new media. We got to do it. That's yeah. how I think that's how actual relationships develop in this new world that we're living in. Yeah, I think it's a much more uh, a much better source of information than the news, than the mainstream media sources. I think these conversations between people are way more uh, helpful. I agree. Figuring out where we are right now. All right. And uh, we've heard from Mike Giant. Now we want to hear from Lux Giant, Big Lux Giant. What do you got? I want to give uh, a big shout out to Esteban Oriol, yeah. the Soul Assassin families, Cartoon, Mugs, everybody. I also want to uh, tell everybody, go to www.supermaxhardware.com, support the cause, get your gear. Big shout out to the Cookies and Vibes family, Big Burn, everybody over there, and uh, my kids. And yeah. everyone in the city of Santa Monica, right. California. Uh, cool. I just want to point out that Esteban Oreo's photo book, This Is L.A., was on Bobby Tribal's library shelf. I saw it there myself. Yeah. Occupied yeah. a huge space. All right. Let me let me give a shout out to some of the folks. First of all, everybody that wished me a happy birthday, God uh, damn it, thank you. Happy thank birthday. You. Thank you, man. Yeah. Man, I, I love it. I love my birthday. All right. Here we go. Are you 510? Uh, Raul, the graphics... Artists, I want flashback with the homies, Grumpzilla, Strive for Glory, Rafa, Calco, 5522, Hector Martinez, Joe Evans, Joe Evans, keep him away from Viagra, he's an older man who's just impaling chicks, (laughs) Charlie, aka Agent Face, Daniel, St. James Sense, J1987, hey, Instagram, hey Zeus, baby. We love you, Instagram, hey Zeus. He's doing a great job, right? Ovando Bowen, LLP, we wear braids. For your legal? Yeah, we wear braids Mm. to to court, and we fucking let the tomahawks fly. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's the spirit. Yeah, Yeah. that's the spirit world. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to give a shout out to Blue. Uh, thanks for dry- getting thanks, the whole thing. Sean. Yeah, thanks, mm. Sean. And thank you again. Thanks, Mike Tom. Giant. Mike Giant. Down here in San Diego, paid. California, fucking shit up and smoking like a broke stove. Oh, my smoking God. Smoking like a broke stove. I, I like marijuana. That's yeah. it. Dude, there was, straight. there was seagulls that were flying them that were high as fuck. Might have to do a Mike Giant uh, cookie collaboration just oh! so this guy could have some good yeah. weed for the next year. No, nah, so. man. I'm That's a, a big one right I'm there. a cannabis advocate, bro. <laughs> yeah, we are. We actually are too at the show. Yeah, we, we are. are. We, we, you know, we yeah. we believe in it. You know, and and only, we do believe in it. The only thing, yeah, you know, Steve, Steve and I basically just burned out all our credit on that shit. But <laughs> yeah. we, but oh, we believe happens. in it. But we believe in it. We for fucked, you. Yeah, we believed it for the world, but we fucked around too much. So <laughs> we can't. <laughs> the police keep us away from that shit. And like we do about this time, yeah, I'd like to say adios, amigos, from the Hard Luck Show. Yeah.